Across the country, protesters and some elected officials are calling for police departments to be defunded, downsized, or even abolished. Most supporters say it's not about eliminating police departments or cutting all of their funding, but instead it's about fixing the problems with how the police operate and shifting some of their budgets to community programs for mental health, stable housing, and other community organizations. As investors, we try to be as prepared for these kinds of societal changes as we can. Right now, there's undoubtedly a strong desire for change in this country. So whatever side of the defunding debate you're on today, we're going to keep this as non-political as possible. Possible. I think it goes without saying that mistreatment by police is horrendous. What we saw in the George Floyd video was gut-wrenching. The fact that it wasn't an isolated incident is terrifying. You know, as a rich white dude, I realize that I cannot fully grasp the struggles that black people encounter every day in this country, but enough is enough. Black lives matter. White people get with the program. It's a broken system that we need to help fix. And as far as the police, I don't know that defunding is the way to get there, but it is something that we need to be prepared for as investors. So today on Dumb Money Live, what does the possibility of defunding the police mean for investors? This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We do this at least twice a week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Let's get the word out. Let the algorithm know that we're on the air right now by smashing the like button. Just like that. <laughs> it's been a busy morning this week. I know Chris and I were both up early this morning selling stocks. I sold about $1.5 million worth. Chris, you sold $7.5 million worth this morning? Dave. You have no idea what kind of a night it's been, dude. It is this. This is insane. I was up <laughs> two in the morning. I think I was texting you guys at one thirty or two. Some of my some of my ideas for today's show. And I'm like, I'm so in deep on this episode, right? So in deep on research on gun stocks and safety stocks and self-defense and like and it's like it's a john grisham novel like these these stories of these companies that are in this sector and you know i've been trading this sector a long time and i just kind of had to re kind of reallocate my brain to what's going on in the sector and i check i check i check the futures right big mm -hmm. mistake i don't know it's not a mistake really but and i saw it and it was down like 400 and it instantaneously, I knew it. I said, this is it. I missed it. I, I was so prepared today to start to really delever my account. You know, I've been talking to you guys about this all week. I'm like yeah. right on the edge. We're, I'm we're like, watching. We're watching these these numbers for a potential second wave, and we're starting to see the snowball. And you know, we were texting two days ago, like, is it time? Is it time? Do we pull the trigger? But I wanted one more day of data. That's all I wanted. One more day of data. And I was right there. I'm like, I am definitely deleveraging. And to some extent, I'm hedging into the weekend. I don't know how much, but I'm definitely going to be hedging into the weekend. I'm actually, and I saw it. you know, your luck. I'm actually surprised you didn't just uh, on a whim buy a bunch of like Dow puts uh, like at the end of the day yesterday, just, you know, on a whim, because your luck would have done that, right? That, no. I was literally thinking the same thing. I was sure that Chris had bought a bunch of like <laughs> because it always seems to work I, out in his favor. Yeah, <laughs> I was this close. I was this close. I, I, I you know what I did? What? I sold. I was. I had sold most 
of my puts, right. okay? That oh, wait, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Shoot, sorry. I had sold <laughs> most of my puts. Um, and so, like, I had started the process, and I sold, like, the first level, like, the first round of my delevering went into place yesterday. Yeah. But it was maybe 10% of what I wanted to do. Maybe. But we're going to tell you what and why coming up in the second half of today's show. So stick around, but we have to get to today's topic. Okay. Because with all the protests. Let me just tell you, Dave. Dave, I got to tell you this. I'm down... I'm down 1.1 million this morning. Okay, I'm down 1.1 million, and I told you the the last episode. I said you guys are going to have a day, and everyone's going to have their joy watching me struggle through what's going to be the most ridiculous down day ever in my 32 year career. I felt it coming. I felt it so hard coming, and and I didn't realize it was going to be today. Um, but you know what's weird? I am not upset. And I is that annoy people more? Does that annoy you more? I, I literally I'm so relieved to get it over with. Is that weird? That's, I'm relieved that is a little weird. to get it out of the way. Like I knew it was gonna happen. Get I was hoping I could like I could I could I could orbit like a little quickly to like reduce it. I didn't do it as good as I wanted to, but it is what it is. It's out of the way. I'm already looking forward. I am looking forward. And the second half of today's episode, we're going to talk about exactly what we sold, exactly what we're doing next, um, because I'm actually pretty excited about the next phase of this market. And yeah. so I think the second half might even be more interesting than the first half. The first half, I've been waiting all week to do this show. So let's get on with it. Sorry. Okay. I, but since you since you interrupted, I have to interrupt and say that I am currently down $190,000. I was competing with you, selling, rapidly selling, probably the same things at the same time, and we hadn't even texted each other yet, uh, so we'll talk all about that. But when it comes to today's topic, police brutality and the defunding of police, I thought that this was a little interesting headline that I saw, you know, Cops, the TV show, was canceled yesterday after 30 years on the air. So my question to you guys is, what happens in the real world when the real cops get canceled? Um, man, this is, this is a wild thing to think about. Right. And so the, the thing that I've been trying to figure out is the degree to which this actually happens nationally and also, uh, how deep it actually goes. Is it going to be the type of thing where it goes national, but it doesn't really go that deep and it doesn't matter. Or does any of that actually really matter as investors, because as investors, what I sort of think about is the perception is all that actually matters, right? Like it doesn't matter if police forces actually have to rebuild themselves from scratch or if they go away and become this new thing, which I don't think is going to happen. But it, that doesn't even matter because I think, don't you think that this is going to take a long time to play out? And if this takes a long time to play out one way or the other in the interim, over the next six months, we're going into an election cycle where we could potentially have a major shift uh, from Republican to Democrat. Obviously, they feel differently about gun laws. I don't even think it matters right now because I think until the election happens, it's going to be up in the air as to who wins. So I think that risk of, of, of a sh political shift is going to be in the air until November. All right. Yes. And while that is happening, you have this this movement of OMG, 
I might need to protect myself. What if the police goes away? Like these people are saying the police are going to go away. Like, is it, isn't it? I don't know. Should we at least like, not everybody would be okay getting a gun in their home, but some portion of society, this will push them over the edge. A portion of the society that would have normally not been a gun holding family might in a extreme case where the police disappeared. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is maybe three scenarios, no police, a modified police budget where it's less capital spending and maybe other programs are are benefiting and then no change. You know, there's, that's, that's kind of the range from no change to no police. And I think that will fall somewhere in the middle. I almost think it doesn't matter. I I see what you're saying, but I almost think it doesn't matter because between now and November, which is the trade for me, like my my trade window here is now to November. Okay, and whatever happens in November, that's a new trade window for this this safety gun ammo type trade. Right. So I don't even think it matters because I think the threat of of the first two that you mentioned, the threat of those is not going away between yes. now and November. And that's all I really need to know to move forward with this trade. You're not so investing me, on something actually happening. You're investing on the, and that's what the stock market does. It's a prediction market to figure out what might happen. And so factoring in, I think though, as as the threat and the risk of no police being a very wild not really possible, not going to happen, but kind of out there. That is where you're looking at the more self-defense stocks, the the guns and ammos, the um, locks and security systems. Tasers and security systems and all of it. There's so much we're going to talk about today. Yes. This is this could be a five-hour episode. And Jordan's like, oh, please don't let it be a five-hour episode. Jordan's like, oh, <laughs> peace out. <laughs> <laughs> before we, I don't even want to talk about stocks yet because I think before we talk about stocks, we all need to really get our opinions out on this thing and how big of a media story it's going to be. Because again, to me, the media story and the hysteria that could go around that media story, either with gun owners that are going to increase their arsenal from 15 to 22 guns or from someone that doesn't have one. <laughs> seems that's going seems from, necessary. But listen, that's going from zero to one or the person that's never going to buy a gun but is going to purchase a taser or this police rope thing that wraps around an intruder or that's going to buy mace, a publicly traded company, by the way, pepper spray, right? Um, or um, maybe just someone that's going to beef up their alarm system at their house, right? So there's all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Listen, and where do you want to start? Listen. Where do you, I, like, I, I have the same list going and, you know, I was thinking about the home security play, but if there are no police, who who's going to monitor that? And are, is well, there going to be a private police trades, force? Jordan, I want to hear Jordan's view on just the whole policing in general before we even talk about trades. Because, like, Jordan, where are you? I mean, is this how big of a deal is this? Do you think this is going to be as big of a mass media hysteria thing that I think it could be for the next few months? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it could be a media hysteria. I don't think you're going to really see any change in, like, most municipalities. I think the biggest place that you're going to see changes are some of these like, you know, larger municipalities like your, you know, your LA's, your Minneapolis, your New York cities, Dallas, um, some of the major metros that they're going to have to, you know, respond to, um, to this outcry. Right. Um, and I think, 
you know, you're going to arrive somewhere in the middle with there, where there's still being a police force, but hopefully maybe some other um, city services that go along with that to um, mitigate using the police in certain situations. Um, maybe that's how it ends up. Um, but I, I do. Do you think that do you think that matters? However it plays out, do you think do you agree with me that the most important thing is the threat of change when it comes to public safety and your home safety. And that's the thing that might move us towards, okay, I kind of need to have a backup plan. So I'm not sure. I think it, yeah. I mean, I think it really depends on what the spin that the media puts on it. Right. And so if they make it out to be that basically your police force is going away, then yeah, I mean, I think you could see a pump um, for people to go and purchase, you know, um, certain things to defend themselves. But if they're, if they kind of lay out the case of what this actually means, which is, you know, really what their job is, <laughs> but if they actually do that right, then maybe, um, <laughs> you think they're going to do that right? <laughs> you think, How you frequently think, does the media actually do their job right? Well, no, but I'm saying like, that's really what they should be doing. They should be saying like, look, this is what it all means. You know, let's get comfortable with some sort of plan to, you know, that actually makes sense and will still protect Americans. But, but Jordan, you, you realize that that the country is split. And so even if like 50 percent of the country is like calm and like, well, we believe in in public servants to help calm our public, our, 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 our situation in our neighborhood and crime is going to just naturally get better or whatever. Even if that's the case, you know that no matter what. There is another 50% of our country that's going to freak out, okay? That's going to be like, no way. Like, they're already freaking out with these riots and, like, the fact that the police have not been able to keep, to, like, you know, keep businesses safe and keep people safe that are in these urban areas. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I spent a crazy amount of time on Twitter last night, and the, what, the stuff that I'm seeing people write and talk about, like— I. I'm seeing people that have never purchased a gun before that are freaking out, inquiring about it, that are saying, yes, like I'm actually uh, I've even seen people that are on the opposite, you know, the, the far left side of the political spectrum that are like, I don't really believe in this stuff, but I'm going to get, you know, I'm getting something just for my house. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just they don't believe in the gun thing or automatic weapons and stuff like that. But in their own little way, they're kind of freaking out and looking to up their own control level of control, you know, over their own safety because of all this. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And after the, yeah, riot, I mean, anytime you see, anytime you see riots, I mean, it does, it is unsettling, right? Especially when you it guys does affect remember guys, Jordan, Dave, do you remember what happened with the Obama administration? What gun people did? They freaked out when they thought that we had these yeah. shootings yeah. and every time there was a shooting, they came out and basically said, Hey, we think we need to, we need to like ban guns. Just, just people. We used to track a ticker tag. Oh, ticker tags. <laughs> Were we, for anyone, for any of our old employees that are watching Leon, Daria, Jacob and, uh, Laura, uh, and Ian. Okay. So we used to track the volume of conversations that had the word gun plus ban. That was like our tag. Remember, gun plus ban. And anytime the word gun plus ban, the volume of that kicked up, literally within a matter of days, the gun stocks would would rocket, right? And yep. and so would also like all the all the safety stocks. And that I don't know. Is this not the perfect storm? We have riots. We have people wanting to cancel the police. And we have a political election coming up that could be the ultimate tide. To, and by the way, 
this was not going to be defining like news topic for the election. And now it is right. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like gun laws were not, they kind of faded out a little bit. Don't yeah. you agree compared to everything else? Yeah, we, we had a health crisis and now we're getting to shift back to that gun argument that just seems to dominate every debate. <laughs> it's the perfect storm. It's just, it's the perfect storm for these stocks. I mean, it, it's, it's wild. Oh, and it looks like Laura is here. <laughs> nice. Daria is here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. They re- They remember. And I'm um, I'm sure Leon's here. I just haven't seen his uh, his <laughs> hello yet. So uh, where do we start? Where do we start? There's so many. There, there's hey, a lot. I want to talk different. about. So I want to talk about. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here. But what about Axon? Their business could go away, right? They could lose if there are fewer police officers. They're selling fewer cameras, fewer tasers. Unless they figure out a way to go direct to consumer with some of these things, they could be a short play. See, I'm, I'm on the fence with that one because yeah. fewer police officers means fewer body cameras, right? But right. 100% of the reduced police force having at least one, maybe three body cameras getting multiple angles, that, well, it's my, that's, that's a I net positive. That, you know, yeah, I thought most, munis- mis- most, <laughs> most, most municipalities. municipalities. Yeah, I thought most of them were using body cams already, right? So have they already sold through? Is that already kind of accounted for in their in their stock? And then they're, you know, basically they're going to lose replacement and they're going to lose new um, new orders, right? So See, that's a possibility. Jordan, Jordan now you're dead on. Like, I, I'm glad we're starting with this one because yeah. this and was it DLGY, which is their tiny Digital baby Alley, competitor yeah. that's mm-hmm. not – Digital Alley, like yep. we used to trade these things constantly back in the day. Remember, we were we were trading these stocks so heavily when they were hot back in the. I hadn't thought about them in years, but you're right. I mean, they have done. I mean, Axon, they've done such a good job getting them in every police force. Just about now, they're not 100 percent penetrated. I know that, right. but they've done a pretty good job getting pretty good penetration. Uh, in most major police forces around the country, well, and major I, and even even all the suburbs of all the major police forces too, I think uh, are using them. But not forget about them actually like taking police away, defunding the departments like yeah. LA and stuff. Like just them not having as much money, just that alone is going to make them okay. They might have to have body cameras, but they're not going to refresh that body camera cycle as often as they might ordinarily want to right and they might not work all the time as because because of that but they're like hey we have, we're out of money you know they're they defunded us what can we do i think that's a huge risk i am totally staying away from that sector because of that yeah that I'm, is the exact reason i'm staying away i'm staying away from it too just because i think that they've actually shifted a lot of their business model away from just being the camera company to i mean they're the taser people right and they're the non-lethal force Thing, and they are also doing online police training. So they're doing things that that in a reduced um, capacity of police, the police are still going to need training, retraining and non-lethal options. So that's that's why that that one I just I see total market share could go down. But I see that the the full suite of products they sell could become more valuable. And Dave, to, 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 on your side of the argument, and I really am stuck in the middle on this one, on your side of the argument, they might do really well with consumers, direct to consumer now, right? Because like, like I'm saying, there's a lot of people that are just 
never, ever, ever going to own a gun. You know, they're just not going to do it, right? They're not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and Taser is, you know, Taser and Mace, and we'll talk about that next, but you kind of Taser and Pepper Spray are kind of the two, because they're not people that are not going to own a gun are probably not looking for swords either, right? You know what I'm saying? They're probably, they're probably not looking for switchblades and swords and bats. They're probably looking for something that fits into their lifestyle, right? A truly self-defense type of item like a taser or pepper spray. So we might see those sales go up significantly to the consumer on the consumer side. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, maybe, but I don't, I mean, Axon, even though they own Taser, right, um, maybe they sell a handful of Tasers, but, you know, the bulk of their business is in the body cameras. It's in that yes. um, cloud storage for the for the cameras, and like David mentioned, um, the training um, that they're working on for police officers, too. Yeah, that cloud storage. And that's where all their most- growth is. Right. Yeah, it, it it was so brilliant. They came out with the stickiest product ever. They were just like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw up everything up in cloud storage and be the platform for your body cameras, yeah. which uh, Digital Alley just could not compete with. And uh, it was a brilliant move back in the day. I think they're susceptible. Like, it's not a stock I can get that excited about, even though I think that people will temporarily get excited about them and maybe buy their stock up yep. just because it seems like a good idea, but it's risky for me. Like I, I, I just, I see the other side and I'm not comfortable. So I'm yeah. out, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Well, and, and they did oh, break a hundred uh, and they're trading at 92 now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not something like that I said. I'm going to mess around with though. I'm out. There's, there's so, so many other opportunities. Mess- so we're not gonna we're not gonna mess around with tasers or body cameras. Do we want to mess around with basically a penny stock that that invented pepper spray? <laughs> no Mace M A C E. Are you right? gonna do that? So M A C E so M-A-C-E, uh, Mace. They are the pepper spray people. And I you know last night I pulled up a Google Trends chart on Mace and or and Mace and or pepper spray. And it was up considerably. So let's just take a look here. But I don't know if that's uh, if that's because of the um, what do you call the Antifa Antifa dudes wanting to have a uh, pepper spray? I prefer, the, I prefer the way that Dave pronounces it. What? How Antifa? do I pronounce it? Do you say Ant- Antifa? Antifa, oh Antifa, yeah, that is way, that is way. That's what, no, that's what Dave, that's what Dave says. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so, isn't that what it stands? I, I had to Google what it even stood for, but it's anti-fascist, so Antifa. Ah, that does make sense now. I guess. Uh, yes, listen, you're right. On this, this, this is the one-year chart, and if we look at the five-year chart on both uh, pepper spray and mace, there's a giant spike right here. Huge. So here's the thing. I'm and, not buying this company. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Um, the 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 why is just is just pretty obvious. Uh, it's a one it's up, a one time purchase, right? So you buy it and then you have it, and you put it in your purse or in your car or whatever, and then you forget about it. Yeah, right? so you know, they're trading at one one point seven cents. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one point seven cents. Is that oh. is that really? And and this this Five is an interesting. Shares, right? <laughs> this is an interesting uh, comment though uh, on why that Google Trends chart may be up. It could be because police pepper spraying people in protest. People need to look up how do you deal with that. And the answer, I guess, is oh, milk yeah. because you saw people with jugs of milk out there too. 
Oh, that's so true. But there's ways to get around that. You can you can Google like uh, pepper spray pepper spray under the sh- Google shopping. Like you can uh, you can sort it for shopping, right? And if the shopping uh, filter shows a similar move, then there you go. Like I, that's an easy way to get around that. Or you can create tags. Well, here's here's the shopping, and it actually does not uh, reflect oh. that. So this this is so- filtered for Google shopping past five years. And not a noticeable jump. But here's what I want. The only reason why I'm bringing this stock up, because obviously we're not going to buy a stock that's trading at a penny. Like, how <laughs> did the Wall Street bets slash Robin Hooders not jump on that this bandwagon? They could buy, you know, they love the stocks under a dollar. Here's one at a penny that is right in the middle of the news flow cycle. Right? Could, should we just pump? Because should someone just pump and dump this thing? Right? I don't is do it? that. I will no. never do that. <laughs> But, so, but so, it's, someone, uh, it's someone, not a penny. It's 15 to 26 pennies. Oh, it is? I, I pulled the wrong ticker then. M-A-C-E, Mace Security International. Okay, maybe I pulled the wrong ticker. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a whopping 15 cents then. You get what I'm saying, right? Like, you think this thing, oh, no, I'm, why, I'm showing 26 cents now, 25 yeah, it, cents. It, it's gone up in the past... Uh, Okay. I'm looking at a one month so ha- chart. It was as, as low as 15 cents and as high as 35. Oh, they're saying it's not available on Robinhood, uh, says Daria. Thank you, Daria. Um, well, that explains. Problem solved. It. Was- you can't buy it on Robinhood. There's no pump. Why would you even? Why would anybody own a stock that you can't buy on Robinhood? You I was just looking insane. it up on Robin Track, and it's not there either. So. Yeah. You'd have to be insane. Okay, so moving on, moving on to bigger and better things. Can are there I, any let, trades that you have made? Because those are going to be that, that's to me most interesting because that basically Dave, is the stuff that you're most. Dave, we're going to cover everything in this episode. We have to work our way up to the good stuff. You can't just come out of the gate with the good stuff. Come on, <laughs> you know that. I know What's we've already on? teased the second half of this show. <laughs> No. All right. Listen, there are a couple some really interesting stocks in this. I want to talk about them. Okay. What Daria, one of them is the one you texted me about yesterday. Okay. Before we get into that one, let's talk about this, this, this thing that police use to shoot a rope, like a string, like a lasso and it lassos around the person's body. And then they could like, from like eight or nine or 12 feet away, you can like lasso around their body. It's called, I got it in here somewhere. Wrap Technologies. Wait, what is it? Which one is it? Wrap Technologies. Wrap Technologies. And we, some of our followers uh, talked about this in our um, Discord channel. And we had one person that talked about this before the jump. And we could have tripled our money in this thing if we would have got in when this person started talking about it just from the hype alone. So I kind of got excited. Remember, I texted you all on this. I started researching it. And the valuation of this company relative to their prospects, in my opinion, are absolutely insane. Like, there's no way. I, I would not touch this company under any condition. Like, they, there's just no way these guys are going to sell enough product to get anywhere near their valuation. I don't even remember what the valuation is, but whatever it was when I looked it up, compared to their sales, which are essentially close to zero. Right now, they have like a, like 14 departments in the whole country using this thing. And it is so difficult. We've been through this, right, with body cameras. We've been through it with Taser. It takes a really long time 
to actually sell things into police precincts, okay? You think if you have a great product, well, I'm just going to sell 10 million of them. That's not how it works. You actually have to go precinct to precinct and let them test the product. You have to have a salesperson. It's very like person-to-person sales. Then you got to go through their whole buying cycle, right? They got to get approvals and board approval. It's it's almost as bad as selling to a school district. So this is (laughs) a company that is up on hype. And I am not touching it. That's it. I mean, what do you guys think? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I'm I'm not touching it either. Okay, Jordan, you you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I would tend to agree with that. Um, okay, there's just not a reason to to jump into it. Okay, so let's then go to this is an interesting company. Um, it, the uh, ticker is O L N. Okay. O-L-N, and I probably, if I would have done, you know, proper notes here uh, for this show, I would have also written down the name of the company, which is Olin Olin Corp. Now, what's interesting about Olin Corp, because people are discussing this stock um, as it relates to the the safety, you know, the home safety or whatever, this whole trade. Um, They have three divisions, okay? Their first division, let's just talk about the division that is interesting for this trade, is Winchester. Not Winchester the guns, but Winchester the ammo company, okay? Winchester Ammo. I have to imagine that that was probably the same company at some point, and they broke off, or maybe they were always two separate companies. I don't know, but they don't make guns. They make Winchester Ammo, and they just acquired from our other favorite company, I think it's who they acquired it from, uh, Vista Outdoors, uh, they acquired the rights to manufacture all the ammo at Lake City. Lake City is like the largest government supplier of ammunition. And they had to bid on a multi-year deal and they outbid everyone else. So starting as of, I think, November, they are now the new operators of uh, Lake City Ammo, which is huge. What awesome timing was that? Like insane timing. They had no idea that they were stepping into the world's biggest ammo manufacturing plant. Uh, right before the world's biggest demand in ammo, and ammo has been terrible for the last four years, right? Yep. So um, that is super, super interesting, okay? Because ammo right now is not only virtually sold out everywhere, but if you are able to find ammo, the prices are through the roof, okay? They are charging, in some cases, 50 to 70% more for ammo than you were able to get five, six months ago. There was an over allotment of ammo supply for the last three years, and now you can't even get your hands on it. So this one piece of their business is going to rocket, okay? Now, that said, uh, they had an earnings call uh, recently. I think it, uh, when I had the earnings call, April 30th, okay? This was about a month and a half ago. They had their earnings call. And they, the ammo sales were up at that point, and that was only through March, okay? Ammo sales were up through March, like 15% year over year, but they didn't really talk too much about the future of ammo, right? Because no one knew this was going to happen. Um, but what the problem here is that division is only 15% of the company. Does it sound like another company we traded in the past where we went all in on one division, not you know not paying enough attention to the majority division? Remember QSR? We, we do that uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a disastrous trade for us, our biggest loss of last year. 
Popeyes, Burger King, and Tim Hortons, right? Popeyes is only 10%. Uh, yeah, we were playing the chicken sandwich trade and uh, forgot that that uh, DR, uh, what, what's it called? Not, Not DR. hamburgers. We were well aware. We just didn't realize that such a sm- that they were going to have a, as bad of a quarter up there at, at uh, Tim Hortons. Anyway, listen, the two other divisions they have, one is epoxy, okay? Now, epoxy, Jordan, you might understand this better than me. Uh, being an engineer that you are, but epoxy is used in a lot of manufacturing. It's used in automotive, uh, and epoxy sales have been down considerably the last few quarters, and especially this last quarter uh, with the whole shutdown of manufacturing, uh, first in China uh, and now here in the U.S., epoxy got hit pretty hard, and that's like 30% of their revenue, 35% of their revenue as a, does that make sense, Jordan, that epoxy would not be doing well now, right? Yeah, I mean, anything, any sort of, like, manufacturing material is going to have taken a hit um, while all the, well, pretty much everything was shut down. So that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, yeah, but so it could be picking up, right? It's um, a weird triple thing to have as a single company. It's ammo, epoxy, and chemicals. The, the third thing is chemicals. Now, I started yeah. to get excited about the chemical piece, and here's why. The chemicals that they produce, they essentially produce something called, and I was trying to like look all this up, chlor, chlor something. Chloralkali. Yeah, yeah, but the use case for, one of the use cases is chlorine for pools. And yeah. we know the pool trade is super hot, right? So yeah. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting, but... The majority of use cases for this chemical are not for pool chlorine. It's for like all kinds of other stuff that evidently just hasn't been doing that well the last couple quarters. And I think, according to the earnings call, is not going to do well again this quarter. Which is a little surprising because it's bleach and other cleaning products, hydrogen, potassium hydroxide. Dave, they said that bleach sales were way up, okay, and I think chlorine was up as well, but they said even though that was up in March, that it did not compensate for the other chemical uses of that mixture that are way down, that are more industrial in nature, okay? Yeah, if you think so, like, um, office cleaning, randomly enough, is way down, right? Uh, Companies that do office cleaning because nobody's in these office buildings, or they haven't been for a while. Yeah, so listen— I, I, I'm kind of not really, I'm kind of split on this company. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. The Winchester uh, piece of their business is super interesting. I think it's going to blow up this quarter bigger than anyone would anticipate that follows that company. Um, but it's just too small of a piece of the company to get super excited over, quite honestly. So I'm kind of just going to sit on the sideline Depending on where the company is prior to their next earnings, I could take a look at it for a little short term, maybe an options play. Uh, if I'm feeling really good about you know manufacturing coming back and plus all the the ammo sale that they'll have right going to next quarter, but it's not it's not the best trade here for me. But I think we you need to talk we need to understand it because it's it comes up in in circles. People yeah, oh they're yeah. Winchester. And and so I'm glad you eh, found that. That, that that was not that was not on my list today. So that's that's good to uh, have something to pay attention to when their earnings come out. Do we know when their earnings are going to be? 
Uh, well, the, the last earnings were April 30th, so that would put them at July 30th-ish, um, right around then. Uh, by the way, uh, I did find something interesting last night in my research. I found out that there's a term called the gun hugger. You know what a, a gun hugger is? A gun is it hugger. Is the opposite of a tree hugger? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a person that has like 20 or more guns, right? And so, and the person that was making fun of gun huggers, he's like, I only have seven guns, so I can legitimately make fun of gun huggers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is, 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 is our friend Lynn a gun hugger? Does he have 20 guns? He might be close, right? <laughs> he I might would, be right there. I would probably put him in that category. <laughs> if, if only because he has some very high dollar guns. Yeah. His, yeah. Even if he doesn't have the the quantity, his quality is very high. <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. I guess. Okay. I don't know. So there's one more uh, company I want to talk about uh, before we get into what I love. All right. I want to talk about a company that I'm kind of also on the fence on. I want to get your guys' opinion on them. Uh, Arlo, A R L O, and Daria. This is the company that you mentioned to me yesterday in our text string arlo jordan i'm gonna ask you about this because this is right up your alley arlo is they were a spinoff from a big company out of europe uh that was a kind of a technology software play arlo manufactures smart uh home security systems like hardware like cameras and also video doorbells and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and they compete head to head with google and amazon and like what appears to be like 20 other companies in this space. But they are, from what I understand, the best. They have the best hardware. Uh, the reviews and people that are really into this stuff look, say they're like levels ahead of even Google and Amazon with all their hardware and the features and the and the quality of their camera systems. They are really light. So it's the, the kind that anybody can do and they're just Wi-Fi enabled. And recently they're getting into software where they're charging like f- starting at three bucks a month or five bucks a month. And then you can go up t- depending on how many cameras you want. On the software, it can go up to 30 bucks a month. Um, they sell them at Home Depot and Best Buy and Lowe's and Amazon. And I spent probably an hour last night on all those sites just seeing how they were doing relative to all of the other security systems um, and to see how much traction they were gaining. Like, And then on Amazon, how they were ranking, how people were reviewing them. And it's, it's a really interesting company because their stock is down so much that they're basically trading for less than cash value right now. And the reason for that is I think they had a glitch with one of their products a year ago and it really set them back. And also they're just getting getting bombarded with competition. And everyone hates the fact that they're going up against Amazon and Google yeah. um, and also like Samsung and like Honeywell. Like everyone's the, making these things now. This is yeah, another company the, that I found. The whole thing seems like a huge commodity right but the guys that uh, the guys that actually do home automation review all these things love them because they've got good price points you've got local storage options on a lot of the cameras um and then they're working on cloud storage stuff too so they're really kind of the best of all worlds um but yeah they don't have the brand name recognition um you know and the mass general public appeal that a that like a nest cam would have which is you know that's their biggest downside 
Yeah, and that, and you know, I found this one because I was specifically looking for a public company that was similar to Simply Safe or Wise, because those those are the ones that that are top of mind for me when it comes to like this do-it-yourself home security camera type thing. Wise came out with that super cheap Amazon, you know, camera that records to its own thing and to the cloud. And I went on their website just trying to figure out if they were public or who owned them or if if we could invest in them privately. But they're doing everything now. They have cameras, they have locks, they have motion detectors, they have smart bulbs, they have a, uh, it looks like they just retooled some things to make a uh, one of those thermometer things, those touchless thermometers. They're making uh, face masks, uh, they're making a smartwatch, they have a, a connected scale. That's a company that I think that I, I would like to, as a private investor, try to try to get into. Are they, they're not an American company, are they? Wise, no, I think they are American. I think they were started um, by a okay. couple of former Amazon employees that, that realized that the they could make a cheap camera and it would sell. Yeah, as far as like a budget camera goes, people love those things too because you, they don't charge for their cloud storage, right? No, um, no you, you, you store it locally on the thing and you can access yeah. it. I, I have one. My yeah. dog monitor is a uh, Wise cam. Is it? Yeah. Thanks. That would, that's the issue with, with Arlo is that they did that too and they, it was a huge mistake because they don't have recurring revenue. When they started doing software on the cloud, um, their attachment rate is so low. It's like they only have, I don't know, it's like a few percentage points or maybe 10% roughly of their customers are buying this other stuff. But they're changing their business model. They're really really pushing it. They're, I think they're getting like a free trial to the cloud now and trying to get every customer on to this cloud service because that's where the money is. That's where the valuation is, right? Yep. Jordan, yeah, I mean, that's where, like, like, big, that's where big companies, you know, understand this right off the bat. And so whenever, you know, whenever Google launched their cameras, right off the bat, the cloud storage, they're charging, you know, however much a month and you just pick how long you want that video video stored for and you get, you know, that's your, that's your rate. Yeah, and... Uh, DJ Merritt says that they don't ever come up in uh, public conversation recommendations because nobody talks about them. Yeah. Dude, is DJ Merritt on? Yes. This is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What's up, man? So, dude, that, that, now I'm pumped, dude. That's great. Uh, okay. Now, okay, so do you think, Jordan, because you know this space so well, like, I was concerned. What I was concerned about is I was hoping to see when I started doing searches at Best Buy and Home Depot and Lowe's and like Amazon, I was hoping to see sellouts. Like I was hoping to see if these things were sold out, but I didn't find any sellouts at all. And that kind of worried me. I was like, oh, come on, man. This is like the time that they should be selling out whatever they have in inventory and they're not. And that kind of a kind of turned me off to the whole trade, you know, like. If I saw a bunch of sellouts, I'm like, all right, they're in the right place at the right time. Maybe they don't have the best brand ever, but they have like 50, they have like 40% market share. You realize that? They have like 40% market share of really? the smart video of security camera market. So just the fact that they're in the right place at the right time with big distributors in all the big retailers, just that alone, I think, should put them in a position where people are buying these left and right. They're going to win, and they're going to win big. But I'm not yet seeing that. And when I checked the Google Trends chart for security camera, um, it was up, but it wasn't up as much as I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're just too early on this. But it's yeah, maybe we're too early. I think I don't know if people are really to that um, freak out stage of not having um, police yet, or if it's just that 
all the DIY guys that are willing to do all this, you know, investment and put this stuff into their house have already done it, you know? Um, so now it's just kind of run rate. Maybe, maybe like, I don't, I don't understand the market well enough, but like, I would expect to see a huge, Dave, didn't you expect to see like a spike, like a really big spike there? I did. And, just not and, and that's why I went down that path. I also looked uh, at public companies like ADT. They do their residential and commercial uh, security systems, like the more professionally installed monitored situation. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't find one that I loved in the space and only basically I want to invest in a private company here, not a public company. How about the big guys? I didn't even spend much time thinking about them. The Brinks of the world, like the, like the ADT type uh, system. I think they're so, still public, aren't so they? So Brinks is still public, but I believe they sold off the home security division. Brinks is now yes, a transportation did. cash, like the, yeah. they're an armored car company. Um, they have right. like under $3 billion market cap. Um, but ADT is ADT, still public, though. and yeah. they yeah. are all about residential, commercial, monitored solutions, where if a police force still exists, they call the police for you. Well, they also <laughs> are doing home automation, right? So they're doing home automation packages, and they're doing um, camera install packages as well, yes. um, which is kind of interesting. So if you already have ADT, um, and you're thinking about getting a camera, maybe that's the route that you would go, is you would just call ADT and have their people come out and, and do it for you. I don't Jordan, know. Yeah. Jordan really is the expert here. If if there was a second, you know, I have a second channel. If Jordan had a second channel, it would be all about like home automation and security yeah. and networking and just pretty much all, all things tech for the home. Yeah, my problem is that I'm too judgy, right? <laughs> There's only a few things that I like. And Your I, reviews you know, would all be, no, like, not good enough. <laughs> like, terrible. <laughs> and what kind of a computer do you use to manage all that stuff? You're... you're, you're that system, it's uh, like a, a something berry. Yeah, I've got a ra I've got a, a Raspberry, Raspberry Pi that just, but it doesn't do all that much. It uh, it just runs Homebridge to talk between Apple HomeKit and then my um, uh, my Z-Wave system. You're such a nerd, dude. Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know what? I agree. I wish Wise was public. I wish Simply Safe was public. Those those are the brands that stick out in my mind yep. when when it comes I, to the I agree. And they're advertising. They're they're moving. Yeah. So. so I don't like the the lack of search traffic right now in this space. Especially, you know, I think a lot of people are piled into that ADT trade. Um, so it's not like a hidden trade. People are thinking about it. Yet the search is not nearly what I expected it to be. So I'm I'm turned off by it. I think you know, this not. is another reason that I like to own Amazon and Google because I think that they've done such a good job integrating these things into their, you know, respective devices that a lot of people just go that route. Um, you just jump on Amazon, you buy your Ring, you know, video monitor, or you're a Google person, you go buy, um, you know, the Nest, you know, all the Nest doorbell and the Nest cams, which is what I have, um, and they they integrate well. And you don't have to mess with anything, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, Crockett, I am rocking the 70s cut, and it's going to get a lot more 70s before this thing is over, trust me. Um. <laughs> I'm jealous. If I had the thickness through here, I would just let it go. I'd have a mop right now. <laughs> um, okay, so here. let's see. We got some other stuff I want to talk about before I talk about what I'm really excited about. Well, um, one that came to mind is if you're reducing the number of police on the street, um, 
traffic and uh, tr- you know traffic patrolling might be reduced. So the the companies I was looking for a uh, like red light camera company or a uh, speed trap automated system that like a lot of countries have. Uh, I found one tiny company. They're public. Uh, Image Sensing Systems Inc. I S N S. And they, they've popped up a little bit uh, since the sell-off, the pandemic sell-off. But uh, oh wait, did I steal? So somebody, so people are commenting that I stole Tim White's take. I don't know which take it was. <laughs> I promise, if I would have read that you had the same take as me, I would have, I would have said your name. But uh, <laughs> it was totally coincidence. Um, Dave, there's a company called Semtrex, C E T X. They have they use technology in like more industrial ways to kind of connect video systems for cities and stuff like that. It yep. looks like, or for even so that it, so they've they've called, jumped up. It looks Vi- like yes, Vicon Security is the division of that company it's called Vicon, but the company is Semtrex. They are publicly traded. It is one that I looked at, but I just. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I'm not against it. I just couldn't get super excited about it because I, I feel like we're making a lot of assumptions now. We're making assumptions yeah. that this whole thing is going to relate to actual governments making changes. You know how long it takes for com- that actually, it's years. This is not a year's trade. And I don't see, I'm not sure if Semtrex has the hype potential to get the new retail Robinhood investor, which is what it's going to take, right, yeah. to buy stocks like so, this. And, and, and so thinking, and thinking that way, you know, I, I did some research on the few police departments that have kind of redone their budgets prior to all of this. Um, Austin, Texas actually was one that um, in addition to – when you call 911, in addition to being, being able to get a fire truck or a police car to show up, they also have mental health uh, – on call, basically. And so that's a place where maybe Teladoc might be a play where it's yet another customer that would be able to, uh, maybe municipalities would, would use it the same way that doctor's offices are. Do you remember that telepsychiatric company I invested in like eight years ago that has been just barely making treading water? Mm-hmm. They did a full pivot a couple of years ago. And they are all, their whole product now is iPads in the back of police cars. So to basically give people access to a psychiatrist, right? A, yes. a psychologist, psychiatrist no, I totally remember that. on the spot. They got to be cooking right now. Like this, this has to be great for them, I think. But there's not a lot of trades here. I'm not that interested in Semtrex, but there is one fun one. I think you'll be interested in it, Dave. It kind of goes along with what you're t- talking about. I am not trading it, but they're called Shot Spotter. It's one I of saw these, that one too. A lot of yeah. So they, Jordan, have you heard of these guys? Shot no. Spotter. Mm-mm. The ticker is SSTI, and they have technology to essentially detect a uh, a, a, a gun going off right in a neighborhood yeah. or in a city using, using sound and, and triangulating it. They say that they can get like near pinpoint accuracy of where a gun went off within thirty seconds and let the police know about it. That that's cool it's, technology. It's like future science technology, but um, it's. Oh wait, I did. I did. I watched some news stories on this because you mentioned it to me the other day. I forgot. Um, and it seems like the neighborhoods that these things go into, a lot of times the community doesn't really, you know, they don't appreciate it, right? 
Um, they feel like the police are spying on them. Um, they feel like they haven't been consulted with what's going on. Um, but I did see a few negative news stories. Okay, about this Jordan, yeah. that's all I needed to hear. I'm out. I'm out. So like, I was, I was not really in. I like, I, I saw this company. And I was like, okay, kind of cool. But again, they have to go through the cycle, the whole cycle of trying to sell Selling. into municipalities. It's a, it's well, a we've, weird thing. Yeah, we've tried. tried we've, it, right? we've been in startup companies yeah. that have tried to sell to schools. Nearly impossible. We that drone company, greatest idea ever, where police can dispatch a drone to get eyes on the scene within 30 seconds of a 911 call just to see what's going on. Do you know how hard it oh, is to way, sell Dave, that through? Can you tell people to, they got to see that episode. Go to dumbmoney.tv and watch this episode. It is so cool. This drone company, we sat in a room uh, with our local police chief, okay? And we brought this startup founder with our local police chief and let him pitch him yeah. on this. And it was a hilarious, hilarious uh, uh, meeting. I don't remember the name of that episode. Okay. That. So... We talked about the stuff that I think you need to take a look at, but none of that stuff for me is interesting enough to trade here on on this whole call it a cultural change, a change in our culture, a change of expectations um, of our government uh, in our municipalities. But let's get into the meat of it now. Uh, gun companies and ammo companies. You know, we, we know we, we're already in one pretty heavily, right? Visto, uh, you know, Vista Outdoors, 50% outdoors, 50% ammunition. Okay, we're in that one. We talked about it a lot. Uh, I increased my position in Vista Outdoors today. All right, I bought more Vista Outdoors today. Um, but I want to talk about Smith & Wesson. I want to talk about Ruger because these are two of the most interesting stories. Like, I, we used to trade these all the time back in the day when we were trading, you know, Axon, right, Axon and all that stuff, right when it was in the heat of the government taking away guns and everyone buying more guns. Now, what was amazing is that these stocks hit all-time highs back then. Gun sales were through the roof. Everyone thought the government was going to take away guns. And it, it was just on a roll. And then everyone thought Hillary Clinton was going to get elected, right, a few years ago. Well, Trump gets elected. What happens? Trump gets elected, and all of a sudden, there's no threat of guns getting taken away. People had just spent the last three years like, like buying dozens of guns for themselves, and the gun market fell through the floor. Well, all what happened was now you have hundreds of thousands of guns sitting on shelves, ammunition sitting on shelves. No retailer can clear this stuff out. It was a catastrophe. On top of that, there's this huge movement against gun companies. So now Smith & Wesson and Ruger, and all, they don't even want to be gun companies anymore, right? So what happens is they end up buying tons and tons of outdoor brands like you know outdoor clothing companies and companies that make things for the the sportsman and for the hunter right like things that are related to their customer but aren't guns and aren't ammunition so vista outdoors basically that's what they did uh and so when they ipo they use all their money to do that and smith and wesson used all their cash and then went into debt raised a ton of money and like we're going to go on a buying spree. They bought so many outdoor companies at Smith & Wesson, and most of them were just like, 
It's like, what are you doing? They overpaid for all this stuff. Yeah. They, they overpaid for this stuff. It did terrible, terrible. The CEO, I think, gets ousted, right? Uh, I think the CEO got ousted from Smith & Wesson. Like, the whole management team had a turnover. Now you have a company that has massive debt, crazy inventory sitting on shelves that they can't sell, okay? And a whole bunch of random outdoor brands that nobody wants to buy that stuff at, at that volume, right? And it's like the worst situation ever. So the stock just gets crushed. It gets crushed. So you know what they say now? They say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to split the company up. We're going to split the company up into two companies, outdoor brands, and that will be all of like the ancillary companies and the sportsman companies and the clothing companies that are related, and then Smith & Wesson, the gun company. They just changed ticker samples to Smith & Wesson. Later this year, they're going to actually make the split, and they'll have two tickers. Right now, they're all under one ticker, so they'll have two tickers, the outdoor stuff and the Smith & Wesson stuff. Well, meanwhile... All of that inventory, right, that was just sitting on shelves that they were freaking out, didn't know what to do with, this whole situation that we're in, right, happens. And now you can't even buy a gun. You can't even find a gun, okay? You can't even barely find any ammunition. They just cleared out all of this, all the ammunition, all the guns out there, all these Smith & Wessons. You can't even find one right now, right? So... I was reading stories and tweets about people that were monitoring the Smith & Wesson factory, and they're saying that that factory is basically producing guns now 24 hours a day. They're checking cars in the parking lot. They're saying that the cars in the parking lot on a Sunday are as many cars as used to be in the parking lot midweek, all right? Um, they're at full capacity, cleared out all the old inventory, right? Meanwhile, meanwhile... We have the Vista Outdoors CEO who already told us in the last earnings call that the retailers, the few retailers that are left that are actually sell guns, are like they've spent the last three years like dramatically reducing their shelf space to all this stuff, right? Um, because they were kind of embarrassed to have it because people didn't look at it very fondly. And every time they would sell more inventory, they would just close down that shelf and put something else there. Uh, meanwhile, now they're all coming back and saying, no, 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 we're going to reset that. We now want more inventory. We're going to have more shelving for this stuff. So they're trying to fill all the all the shelf space, right, of Vista Outdoors with ammunition, right? So the same thing is happening at Smith & Wesson. I'm telling you, wherever they do smell, sell Smith & Wesson, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, the one we're going to talk about later, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. There'll be another conversation this episode. Uh they're just allocating more shelf space. This is, I think, potentially the perfect storm for Smith & Wesson. And I mean the perfect storm. Now, the stock is up huge. And, I, you know, I don't look at stock price. But what I do look at is people that are why they're buying a stock. And so the information is out there. It's not like a hidden gem. People realize that, 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 that the gun market's hot right now. The question we need to answer is, is it just hot for a moment or is it so hot is it so hot that they're going to sell everything they could make and everything they could manufacture with zero discounting zero rebates 
zero trunk money. Remember in the car industry, we used to call it trunk money when dealers would, the manufacturers would give the dealers like an extra grand for every car they'd sell just privately at the end of the month, right? The consumer didn't even realize. So you're like, oh, I'm buying the car for 800 less than MRSRP. You didn't realize, uh, invoice, right? You didn't realize there's $4,000 of trunk money that the dealer has. Same thing. They do the same thing in this industry. But now they're getting full pop retail. We have an election cycle coming. Does this set the stage for like two quarters, maybe more, of like just rocketing sales, raising expect, raising guidance, blowing out their inventory, right? So what happens now? They can pay off their debt, all right? So they've got to lower their debt. Bottom line, guess what I bought this morning? I've bought, I'm late. I'm late to the trade. I know I'm late to the trade because I was a Ruger man, right? I, I, the reason why I bought Ruger... <laughs> is because Ruger was more responsible. They are way better managed. They have less debt. They're better managed. They only make enough inventory that they're capable of selling, okay? So when I got into the gun trade, I don't know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, I, I studied. I'm like, I'm not doing the Smith & Wesson stuff. I'm going in on Ruger, right? It's safer. It's better. But now that we're in the perfect storm, let's go with the sloppy guys who levered themselves out, right? <laughs> who they only win in a perfect scenario, a perfect storm. Well, this, this perfect storm has arrived. It's here. The perfect storm is here. Smith and Wesson could actually do really, really well now, right? No, absolutely. So, I bought I'm some in. this morning. Smith I bought some uh, Smith and Wesson this morning too, and I'm already up in it, and I'm down in the other one that I bought that I think you're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh okay so, so well, there, there's there's all, ruger and smith and wesson um that, that's year to date they basically follow each other so if you're in one you're kind of in the other right well yes and no i mean yes but here's the thing smith and wesson is is more dangerous but they're also more there's more to gain in there right because like they are this big and by the way, Smith & Wesson also sells the diversity of guns they sell. Um, you know, they have their own kind of, um, you know, they actually have like their version of like an AK and stuff. So uh, it's <coughs> there's more to gain. But also remember the other side of their business, a bunch of these junky outdoor companies, guys. Well, what do we know about those guys? They're all doing killer now, too, right? In fact, there was someone in our Discord channel that did a great job of breaking out. I think some, I think it was a Smith & Wesson. It might have been Vista Outdoors. Uh, but it doesn't even matter. If you look at these these outdoor brands, they're just doing real. We know we had a whole episode about this last week. They're doing really well, too. So they're hitting on all cylinders, right? And by the way, this is, this is the type of company that I think, you know, the, the, the Wall Street betters, the Robin Hooders, they're going to they're gonna continue to pile into this name as long as they continue to hit their numbers and, ex, and, and like, outperform, which I don't see how they don't outperform. Smith & Wesson, if you don't outperform, <laughs> if you don't knock our socks off during this next earnings call, then I don't know when you ever will. <laughs> I don't know when you ever will, right? But I think they will. I think they will. So, by the way, if you look at the FBI report on uh, gun sales, uh, not gun sales, excuse me, the FBI report on uh, reg on, on uh, background checks. Yes, I talked about this a couple episodes ago. They hit three over three million. It looks like basically hovering around three million for essentially what's going to be three months in a row. Now they haven't released the numbers yet for May. I don't think did they release May? I don't think so. Not in um, what you sent yesterday, and I'm yeah, trying to find, but, find that that you sent over. 
But uh, I think the May numbers going to be up. Forget about May. I think the June numbers, they're going to crush it. David, you pull a Google Trends chart on 9mm, just 9mm. 9mm, 9mm, and just see what that chart looks like. Now, obviously, things went up big in March. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to send you a text of a tweet that I found uh, that are <laughs> is a bunch of people. I want to say is maybe Burbank. It's people lined up around the street for to get into a gun shop, just an independent gun shop. Okay, um, Dave, I just texted you that pick. But yeah, what's that of Google Trends on? That's 9mm. 9mm. So you see the spike in March, but then it kind of calmed down. We'll look at the spike here in the last week, okay? I mean, that's just really impressive. We don't see this stuff very often. That's What is that, a one-year or a five-year, Dave? That's a five-year. That's a five-year, guys. That's a five-year. Yeah. Look at the interest. Nine millimeter, if you guys don't follow this sector, uh, is kind of the most commonly purchased weapon you know great type of gun out there is nine millimeters so it's a pretty good if you're going to you know google trends one thing it's a pretty good thing to to to, to look for um same thing if you if you google ammunition dave you'll see you know see something similar as well so uh yeah i'm in smith and wesson i'm already in ruger uh and let's talk about the next one uh i am really interested in these these guys as well okay uh, Jordan, have you ever been in a – we don't have Sportsman's Warehouse in Texas. They're, like, heavy in the West. Yeah, and then they're, got, like, like – We've got, like, Gander Mountain, which I think got bought. And we've got, uh, like, the Outdoor World. Sports, but I don't think we've so got Sports Sportsman's. Authority. Yeah. We've got, like, Sports oh, yeah, Authority and Cabela's. And Cabela's yeah, and Cabela's, stuff. yep. And, and I don't even know if they still – Bass Pro. I don't even know if they sell that stuff there. Maybe they do. But uh, Sportsman's Warehouse, they – you know, Walmart and Dick's Sporting Goods has essentially said we're going to phase out gun sales right. and stuff like that, right? Sportsman's Warehouse, just I don't want to call them a junkie company, but I will say, <laughs> it, it, I, I, I mean, I heard that I read a comment that their website is so junky that it's just erroring off all the time. And just like, I mean, it's so embarrassingly bad. I also read a comment. That, and that's not Sportsman's Warehouse. That's an independent that, gun shop. Th- this is the picture that you sent, and I finally was able to get it up on the screen. But uh, people um, waiting outside of a uh, gun shop. Dave, you know I spend a tremendous amount of time on Black Twitter. So I I, I am I feel like I have a re Because, you know, Black Twitter is really important for understanding people's – what they think, what they feel – um, a lot more than than you know regular Twitter because the, you know, on Black Twitter there's a lot more sharing of you know interest and experiences and uh, there was this hilarious not a meme it's like a thread on Black Twitter the last couple days of have you ever been to a place where you just felt like it was full of racists? Or something like that, right? <laughs> right, and and you just you walked in, you want to leave, and everyone was saying because I was looking for uh, Sportsman's where Sportsman's Warehouse kept coming up over and over again. Well, yeah. the bottom line is the perception of Sportsman's Warehouse. The perception is it's like this redneck place, you know, yeah. but it's Sportsman. It's Sportsman, okay? It's Sportsman, um, and that's the bottom line. This is a place you go to buy guns, to fishing stuff, hunting stuff. That's what this place is. But here's what's fascinating about Sportsman's Warehouse. Is their online presence good? 
I don't know. They're supposed to have a really junky e-commerce engine. But they're doing what GameStop did. They have set up a shop inside to buy used guns and to sell used guns where their margins are way higher than, than on new guns. They also have an in, uh, in-store like gunsmith where they will add mods to your gun and they will add you know scopes to your gun and then do gun cleanings. They're a one-stop shop. You can literally mail your gun there from Texas even though they don't have any in Texas, right? Um, they are the new national retailer for weapons in America, right? Um, of course, they do other stuff too. They do sports and fishing, but the bottom line is they now are the national retailer. They are the play. They are the pure play, right? We used to buy Dick's Sporting Goods for stuff like this in Walmart back in the day, but all the money's going to them now, okay? So they're and literally are the that- only place that you can nationwide, the only like national brand that, that still sells guns? Is that is that basically what you're saying? The only, yes, the only big national brand that has a comprehensive assortment of weapons and ammunition. Now you can still buy some types of guns at some WalMarts, and I think some Dick's. They have some selective things at some stores, um, but nationally, with this type of a diverse, like diverse uh, product mix, yes, okay, yes. So that's a trade. And well, investors found I, that one, but it's uh, it's come down a little bit. So maybe there's still come down a little bit. They're a five hundred million dollar market cap company, so they're pretty tiny, pretty, pretty small. tiny. And I have to imagine, just from what I read, that they're not managed well. But this is the year. Like I, what everyone does agree on is that this was the year for them to prove themselves, even before all this started. Okay, because this was their chance to say, you know what, we don't have a, the type of brand to where we're worried about public backlash because they only cater to the sportsmen and stuff. So they, this was their year. to. They've actually acquired stores. They acquired, I think, 23 stores from, ah, uh, who was it? Uh, they took over from someone else. So they're potentially, have a, they have an opportunity to expand, rapidly expand the next two years um, if this thing starts to accelerate. And especially in the election cycle, if this thing starts to accelerate, Sportsman's Warehouse is really interesting. Yes, they're up a lot. Yes, it's not exactly off radar, but if you really believe that this trade has potential to be as big as I think it is, I I want to have exposure. So I, I bought Sportsman's Warehouse this morning as well. Those are my two new trades that I got into in this space. Now you, have, you have several them, because, because of your research tactics. You have several people asking uh, what the heck Black Twitter is. That's a thing, people. Uh, How would Black Twitter feel about dumb money? Uh, how does, I'm sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, I got a text. I'm, and uh, Nick, Nick, you're right. It, it is black people on Twitter and their conversations are very enlightening. It, it is, um, because black Twitter, where, where the rest of Twitter eventually got to a point where it was only about news and politics, black Twitter is still a place where people feel comfortable sharing their interest and what they're doing day to day. And you could gather amazing, amazing insight from that universe of data. But for, so but we've to always, be clear, it is just Twitter. You don't go to a different website. It's just yeah. It's just it a just, it's a, a collection of it's a community that is very active. Yeah, it's a community that's very active. And quite honestly, I, I would also recommend for people that 
listen, obviously Twitter gets really political and, and there are a lot of hateful things happening on Twitter right now. But everyone's like, hey, you should go talk to a black person in your life if you really want to get an understanding for what it's like, like what it's really like emotionally, just emotionally, you know, whether you believe that, you know, racism exists or whether you believe that there's institutional racism in the police or not. Right. I mean, this is not a political show, but if you want to get an understanding and you don't have a black person in your life, in your social circle, in your in your you know corporate circle, um, Twitter, actually, if you look in the right place with the right keywords, you're not looking for you know people fighting with each other. If you're just looking for keywords, there's tremendous authentic conversation, especially in the black community, with people speaking to each other about how they really feel. They're not putting on a show for the world. You know, they're they're not. You know, this is not a. You can really dive in there and gather some really good insight. It has nothing to do with investing, but it, it is something that I do a lot of. Uh, when I'm just I'm on Twitter hours and hours a day, right? Looking at investing stuff, and I, I gather this other stuff as well. So, Sports and Warehouse, I'm in. Uh, but in addition to that, guys, I do want to go back to our favorite trade in the space because even though we've talked about it in the past, I feel like we need to talk about Vista Outdoors again. VSTO. Um, I bought more. I bought more Vista Outdoors. Did you? And. Yeah, and the reason why I bought more Vista Outdoors is because this company has so much operating leverage in their ammunition business. So what that means is that the cost, the fixed cost to manufacture ammunition is really large, okay? There's a lot of fixed cost to manufacture ammunition. But once you cover that fixed cost, okay, if demand starts to accelerate, and you're able to produce, sell two times as much, all right, than you were before, you might break even here. Here is where you need to be to kind of, you know, make your general margins, right? If you start to produce this much, because the fixed costs are covered, your margins go way up. So Vista Outdoors, the reason why you see their stock chart and why it was so high in the past, right, and they've come down so much, is because when when sales of ammunition were healthy, um, when they were healthy, they were doing so amazing. And if ammunition sales sustain for the next year or two at these high levels where they get full premium and they could produce 2x the ammunition that they were before – their margins are going to go through a roof. And this is a stock that actually has the potential. Now, a lot of things have to happen if, 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 if gun sales continue, if ammunition, ammunition sales continue the way they have been the last couple months for the next six months, next 12 months, next eight months. This is a stock that has potential to see their margins skyrocket and to see their stock price skyrocket, okay? So I am bought more Vista Outdoors because, one, I generally like it here, even if we're at kind of run rate. I think they're going to have a pretty good year, and I think I feel pretty comfortable where the, where the stock is. But if they destroy it, if they kill it, this is a stock I could 2x my money on. Right. This is a stock I could 3x my money on because it's about leverage. Right. It's all about that leverage that they have um, and the, and covering the fixed cost. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I also bought. Yeah, my, I had a thought on this and it's probably wrong. But what about. Um, so let's say you, you defund the police a little bit. Um, 
their budget goes down, maybe they hire fewer people, maybe they're buying less ammo because they have fewer people. Um, does that at all take away from, you know, Joe, Joe, you know, Joe Sixpack going out there and buying a, a nine millimeter and all the ammo that he's going to need, right? Because the, the police officers are constantly training, constantly going through ammo, constantly, you know, resupplying that stuff to where, you know, your average citizen, are they just going to buy a little bit and then be done? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a thought. Jordan, that's a great question. And um, that is actually a situation that, unlike the other situation we discussed, that it will take a lot of time. The second they lay off 30 percent of police officers, that will be instantaneous. Right. That will literally be instantaneous. Less ammo being used right then and there. Um, I still think that we're not going to see massive layoffs for a long time if it happens, because there's police unions. There's like there's just all kinds of stuff. So I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, these municipalities, I mean, they're not going to turn they're not going to turn on a dime like that. I mean, maybe, you know, and they are only a big customer, but. But as yeah. the chat is saying, they don't consume that much ammo, right? Do they not? Yeah. I, I just didn't know. I mean, I, it was a yeah, and and also two things, Jordan. One, uh, I don't think the market. You're pretty smart to even think about that. I I don't think the the people that are trading the stock institutions or and there's not a lot of institutions left trading these stocks. It's like it's not it's not appropriate, right, for institutions to be in, in these stocks. That's part of the reason why they've come down so much. Um, I I don't think they're thinking about this. I don't think investors are really thinking that deep. Um, so as long as it actually doesn't happen in the trade window, I'm okay with it because I don't think people are going to trade it under the anticipation that it would happen like you're thinking. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of those police officers, if they're laid off, uh, they are probably going to spend a lot of their own money on ammunition as well because they, they all have guns. They all love they, – they, going to the range is just part of their – routine you know it's part of sure, the yeah it's what they it's what they do yeah I, yeah and i agree with that yeah and so you know i i i don't know just just okay. so you know uh dj Merritt's brother showed up to the uh, conversation today hey lynn <laughs> he's he's on vacation right now and uh probably sitting on the back of his yacht watching dumb money live love it uh, own brother lynn lynn <laughs> Lynn is literally, uh, he is on the back of not just his yacht, of his new yacht. He gets a new yacht every year. Lynn, Lynn upgrades <laughs> his yacht every year. You probably saw his two two yachts ago yacht on the Dumb Money channel that we did, um, but he's gotten a couple since then. His new one is ridiculous, and hopefully we'll all get to go on it at some point in the future. Uh, he's down there at uh, Florida, South Florida. Okay. So does that make sense? Uh, Smith & Wesson, I'm upping my stake in Vista Outdoors. I also, I'm not selling my Ruger here, no way. Uh, so I got all three of them. Oh, and I have Sportsman's Warehouse. So I kind of I kind of went in way deeper on this trade than I anticipated when I started researching it this last weekend. Um, and I'm surprised, but I liked what I found. And it's really the, the defund the police, I think is going to cause massive hysteria with a portion, not all, a portion of our country and, and the whole world, quite honestly. And that is going to lead to more gun sales and more ammunition sales. Yeah. Well, it's you got deep into research. You got deep into Twitter. Some of the stuff you were you, you sent me uh, out of, what is it, Seattle, where there's this demilitarized, depoliced <laughs> zone that people have taken over. I mean, if that is the future, then you want to be in these gun stocks. If that doesn't happen, who knows? But 
Uh, I think you also just have a gambling problem and you love the thrill of being <laughs> active in the stock market and you sold so much stuff you had to replace it with something. Uh, just, here's, hey, here's, a, here's another thought on it. I'm, I'm probably way overthinking this, but, you know, maybe we get some more restrictive gun laws. What if uh, our police force starts to look like what it looks like maybe in New Zealand or in England where the police officers don't even carry guns? Um, you know, what happens to ammunition sales at that point? And at that point, you know, you probably want to pull the plug on it. But that's, I mean, that's a long way away. Yeah. yeah. And that, Jordan, by the way, that's actually a really good thing. You have to run, if you're in this trade for the long, long term, you have to run those scenarios, right? Yeah. You have to run them out. Well, it's just something you need to be aware of, you know, just so you can start, you can keep that in your mind as, uh, you know, different candidates come up. You need to know about, you know, what their platforms look like. Totally. Um, I, meanwhile, oh, can we get to the second part of this episode? Cause I yeah, got so, that, so much stuff. To it talk is about time to okay. turn the page because the Dow is down 5.2%, 1400 points right now. The NAS, I mean, Woo! if that had happened this morning, we would have scrapped the whole episode and, and only been talking about this. The NASDAQ the is down 3.6%. Yeah. It's recovered a little bit because it was down over 1500 for, uh, for a handful of minutes. And I don't even, the Dow to me is just a bad representation of the market. It's been around for, you know, since the beginning of time, but these 30 industrial stocks don't really tell you the direction of the market. But with the NASDAQ, you know what's down weird? 3.6%. I, I can mentally um, do percentage math off of points better than I can off of spy points. It's just because I'm so used to Dow points, you know what I mean? And, and where it's sitting. Um, That's interesting. I know it's totally old school. You are old school, but I mean, with the NASDAQ, you should be able to do the math really easily once the NASDAQ gets to 10,000, because then we have a nice, yeah. even playing field. But uh, NASDAQ's down 361. Yeah. yeah, I don't keep the NASDAQ on my um, on my indice watch list. I actually keep the triple Q instead, because you can actually trade that one. So that one looks a lot different. Uh. <laughs> Does it, or is it, it not indexed like at a... It it's not. It's like two thirty eight, where the wow. you know the Nasdaq's at you know nine thousand something. So the numbers don't correlate at all. Um, the S and P is down. The Russell is down almost six percent. This is a brutal day in the markets, and we we led off this show by telling you that uh, we Chris and I. I don't know if Jordan, if you made any sales, but Chris and I both went in and pruned our portfolios. Basically rude. getting rid I didn't of... ruin anything. <laughs> you butchered. I gutted my portfolio. I, <laughs> I haven't gutted it. I haven't well, I gutted too. it. The only thing I thought about selling was uh, uh, Southwest Airlines, but it's. It, I thought it recovered a little bit, and I, you know, I like it. I like Southwest. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Let me just tell you here. I. I, I set. I was in bed by three a.m. I set my alarm to go off at 625 Central. We're in Texas. That's 725 Eastern. Uh, at 630, I was a machine in the pre-market, right? I, so you have two hours of pre-market trading. I was like a machine, like a trading machine, selling everything that I could feasibly sell without getting taken to the like, cleaners on it. Because like you got to be careful in pre-market. There's not enough volume there. Yeah. I probably sold four million dollars of stock in the pre-market. Every travel stock is gone. Well, and that's why I was waiting. 
I was watching well, these futures yeah. and I was seeing people like you trading all of my stocks down. I'm like, well, what's going to happen is it's going to open. <laughs> it, it's going to gap down and then pop up because the Robinhood investors will have finally gotten on and they're, they're going to bring us back. So you bid all of my stuff down and then the Robinhood investors, maybe Robinhood had another outage. They did, I think yesterday or the day before. There was, there's something going on because all of my stocks that I thought would gap down and pop right back up, gap down and trended, trended, trended. And I'm, well, okay. So I started selling. I had some market orders in. I cleared out so much stock. We'll talk about specifically what we sold and why, but generally it's kind of our recovery stocks. We got, we got out of the recovery stocks, the hotels, the casinos, the airlines, the pretty much anything that, that has a second wave, uh, so anything that we had flagged as potential second wave trades, we pulled the trigger this morning. Dave, I literally kept a couple things in like recreational motorsports and outdoor, and I, even those I slimmed down big time. Like I sold most of my Polaris. What? I, I, sold, I sold. I sold a lot of Polaris. I sold a lot of. Uh, uh, what's my other recreational motorsports? The other big one. Dude. Oh, do I sold two thirds of my? Do- no, 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 I sold half my do. Sold half my do. Um, uh, I sold. There's another one that I sold half of, and then I sold all of my travel. I sold Marriott. I sold all my. I sold already sold the other half of my Avis. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I sold the other half earlier this week. Um, Did you sell Southwest? I sold all my Southwest. I sold my Southwest options. I sold um, my booking.com. I sold my Expedia. I sold, I mean, honestly, if I look at my order history uh, from today, uh, I sold so, I sold it all. I sold everything that was a rebound stock. I I sold SP, oh no, I, I bought that. Uh, sorry. You sold your Saber? I sold my saber, all of it. Sold all my saber. Um, I sold all of God. I sold. I literally have probably a thousand trades because you know when they're broken up. Yeah. When well, you're trying to sell ten thousand shares, they go at a hundred at a time. Or, or I even sold Jordan three quarters, seventy five percent of that bicycle company. We over doubled our money of on, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name. Like it's D I I B F. Doral, I sold seventy five percent of them. I oh by the way, Dave. Since Dave has some influence over me, he has me always itching to do one of these uh, writing call options, buying stock and writing call. So I I had I was like you know what I'm gonna bu- I want to make thirty grand doing this. I bought uh, Spirit Airlines and I immediately wrote uh, you know I bought ten thousand shares and I wrote thirty thousand dollars of call options. I. 30 grand and then the stock went up like six dollars it went up like 20 percent immediately i'm like this is amazing i made my money there's yeah, no you're way locked I in no way you can lose i'm locked in this is like it'd have to t- it would take a market crash for me to lose my money in the next <laughs> guess what good morning goes from, they went from 25 to 15 and like i'm just i I'm, I'm out of that i lost money on that dave i'm out of that uh, I'm just like literally. If it's travel, if it's entertainment, I'm out of Live Nation, Dave. I sold Live Nation. Yeah, I, I did sold, too. I sold my Six Flags. I sold even my favorite. You uh, sold fun. You sold, I sold fun. My favorite amusement park company. I sold <laughs> Cedar Fair. Fun. I'm no longer in fun. I sold everything that is related to rebound. Okay. Yeah. I kept some outdoor stocks. 
because I feel like those are I, I gonna do okay. Yeah. Um, and also they're attached to the gun trade, which I love still. Um, if it was brick and mortar. Oh, thank you, Pedro. He, I, he just sent a super chat because we need the money because we are just dying today. Oh, no. <laughs> two dollars. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Yeah, I, I, am, I, post, I, am, I posted my portfolio in uh, in the group this morning. These are all the things. Let me see if I can zoom in enough so that you can actually see it. I am down 1.2 million on the day right now, as of right now. Down 1.2 million. Uh, I was down 130 yesterday, and I was down, I don't know, maybe uh, a, a lot the day before. I'm probably down 1.5 million here at least, but actually, maybe more. Uh, yeah, yeah. 1.5 million in the last few days. So, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm okay with it because it makes sense. And I knew it was coming. I took I I made a conscious decision to kind of push, just push a little bit. I want I, I just want to push it one more day. And that one more day that I tried to hold those long positions was a mistake. We had and that debate. Okay. We had that debate on a text message late two nights ago, I believe. Is it time? Should we do it? And we didn't do it. We didn't do the the smart thing, which would be hedge our positions the way we did the first time the market fell apart when we had our spy puts. Some Dow puts would have been amazing today, but you know, you live and you learn. But I made a tr another trade that I think is pretty amazing here. That you're gonna you're gonna die when you hear about it. Oh. I shorted something today, big time. Okay? What did you short? I shorted Hertz, by the way. Oh, oh, I, oh, that is my one trade. I bought puts on Hertz when it was trading at, what, $5.30? Not enough. I bought $10,000 of puts on them or something like that. Uh, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I'm going to double my money almost uh, or triple my money even. I, but uh, I am shorting 25,000 shares of Dave & Buster's as of this morning. Okay? You know I killed it the first time I shorted Dave & Buster's. I rode that thing down. I rode it down so hard. I think I made like 300 grand riding it down. And then I finally just got out of it. And now I'm shorting it again. I've been shorting it uh, since this morning, uh, 25,000 shares. I'm considering doing the same exact thing with Cheesecake Factory, all right, which is another stock that I, as you know, I, I was long Cheesecake Factory. I never went long Dave & Buster's. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think uh, I should short Cheesecake Factory as well? Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I might. I might. Uh, but for sure, I'm shorting Dave and Buster's because I think that I was I, I was so prepared to short them as soon as I saw the market reverse, and I just went all in on it. Well, and that's so, what we we talk about all the time is having that prepared mindset, knowing what you're going to do when you see something happen. So when we finally saw, okay, there's there's enough concern about a second wave. We're starting to see the upticks in hospitalizations. We saw the Fed basically say we're in it to we're going to keep printing money for at least two years. We're not gonna we're not gonna let this market fall apart. That that made people that, that seems like good news, but that made people worried that, well, two years, I need to not be in all of these um, outdoor recovery stocks. I don't need to be in airlines. I don't need to be in hotels. I got out of yeah, my I went, I went from being, I think, six million in margin this morning to now having uh, uh, about a million and a half in cash. Cruiser's going to cruise. We got another super chat. They, they, they sense our desperation. 
<laughs> okay, by the Just way, so you know, we, we, we're going to find a way to donate all of the money that Thank is given you. to us, all the ad revenue when, when YouTube right. runs ads. We have to have ads on or else YouTube doesn't show our stuff, but we're going to find a way to give it away. Just so you know, the one thing I did not sell, I did sell my Royal Caribbean stock and I sold my Carnival stock and I sold my Sabre, but I did not sell my Royal Caribbean cruise options. I still held those options. They expire in January. It's the spirit of cruisers going to cruise. I will not let those cruisers down. I believe in them. And I I didn't sell mine life. either. Um, and I lost $21,000 in them today, but I'm still up $40,000. So... <laughs> Ouch! You'll riot if you uh, if you sell them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, here's here's. I'm not here's going thing, to though. sell them. I actually bought more of a few stocks today. Besides the ones I talked about, I bought more considerably amount more of Peloton today. Did you? Um, because when I pulled my my uh, web stats report on Peloton, and wow. Let me tell you something, dude. They are generating as much web traffic in May as they did in April and March. Like, they are not stopping. And with this is what I talked about. This is what I talked about with Peloton. With a potential even threat, even the threat of a second wave in the fall and winter, you do understand that people are going to freak out thinking that they might be stuck in the north all winter without access to like exercise equipment or a gym peloton sales i think I, I said this three months ago way before the peloton trade i believe peloton will sell everything they are capable of manufacturing between now and my now this was back in like march that i said this and the end of this year and I mean it. I meant it then. I still mean it now. I think Peloton is going to sell everything they're capable of manufacturing for the entire rest of the year. And I also think they're probably not going to spend $1. They'll spend $1 on marketing. <laughs> they, they're going to market some special projects. Like if they, I think they market in a new area like Germany. When they launch in Germany, they're going to, they have to market there for the first six months or something like that. But other than stuff like that, I don't think they're going to spend $1 marketing unless they come out with a new product end of the year. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll market that new product just to get brand people understand what it is. But man, Peloton, I love it here. I still love my Amazon here. You guys love Amazon still, right? I love right? my Amazon, yes. Keeping that. And I bought more GAN. I bought more GAN. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? I bought more GAN. You're crazy. And do you know you why? You have way too much GAN. You I need to talk you about out of going like completely losing all of your money because GAN is one of those that can swing. You you could have lost how many millions of dollars do you have in GAN right now? Between one and two million. No, I have one point three million dollars of GAN. I have seventy five thousand dollars again and uh, seventy five shares again. Now here's the thing about GAN. So you I lost the thing eight percent of that today. All right, Dave, do me a favor. I want you to do a Google Trends on online poker just google trend online poker or, or even better yet online slots okay because what people don't understand about gan is that this they only use the sports book as a way to attract new investors onto their app and once they get onto the app then they are pulled into where they really make their money 
which is in people doing online slots, online poker, all the online games, the casino games that are now legal in New Jersey and Nevada and Pennsylvania, right, and all these new places that are legalizing this stuff. So these people are taking their stimulus checks and they're stuck at home and that's what they're doing. And I think GAN is going to have, I hope, a ridiculous earnings call next week, a ridiculous one. So we'll see. I could be wrong. But I do like GAN going into earnings next week. And I just feel felt like I had to be a little bit a little bit heavier in GAN today. That's all. What well, is that? Are those uh, online poker and online slots? Online slots, yeah. Online, how about online casino in general? Just online casino as well. Oh yeah, that's a that's a strong slope in the right direction. Where is it? It's the yellow one. I can't see it. It's on the screen. Oh, I'm, I, oh, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong screen. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm looking at the... the uh... All I see is myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So online casino. That was the good one, right? So uh, online casino. That's GAN. They're an online casino, guys. That's what they do for people. And so now that we have a second wave... Hints, hints of a second wave, a taste of a second wave. What's going to actually happen is that all of these offline casinos, MGM, all the Indian casinos that were like on the fence, how much money should we put into this whole online casino thing? How quickly do we need to be revved up? They need to be revved up for the fall, okay? Because there's a chance now that a second wave is in the cards that Nobody will be able to go to their casino, or even if they're allowed to go, they don't want to go, okay, for the entire winter, fall and winter. And so I think, Gan, this is their moment. This is their time, right? That's it. I only bought another 5,000 shares. I didn't go crazy with it. How much more Peloton did you buy? Uh, a lot. I think it was like 300,000 more Peloton. <laughs> I have now uh, 35,000 shares of Peloton. That's $1.6 million of Peloton. Um, so it, you know, if you look at my portfolio, I have 2.6 million in Amazon, 1.6 in Peloton, 1.3 in GAN, 684 in Apple. Then it goes 600 in Vista, Vista Outdoors, half a million in Shop, 448 in DocuSign, Fleer at 400,000, uh, Activision 360, Lulu at 310, Twilio at 287, uh, DEO 279, Square. You know, it just kind of tapers down from there. But I'm pretty comfortable when I look at the stocks I own. You know, I get Netflix and Roku and Tesla. Uh, I, I'm for the most part, the, you know, I got a small amount of Tesla, 200 shares. But for the most part, I think it's pretty defensive. I did sell off some of my Home Depot and Lowe's today as well, but I kept some because I, I just, I love, I think that they're, they're going to survive and thrive through this period. Um, but man, you I so, feel did, comfortable. You sold your that, uh, Callaway Golf, right? Hundred percent of it sold. And I'll me tell too. you why. Someone asked me about that. They were like, "Well, well, Callaway's an outdoor trade." Well, it's kind of a hybrid outdoor rebound trade because the big reason why I was in Callaway, if you remember, was the top top golf. And if a second wave is in the cards, top golf is at risk. So. I'm just staying away for now. Listen, I'm going to give it a few days. Yeah. By the way, guys, you know that at any moment I can rush right back into all these stocks in like a sec in like a second. If I feel the second wave is like flattened out, it's not going to be as big as we were concerned about. I will get I will get back into all those stocks. But for now, I want to have a weekend where I'm not like super stressed 
about being in $7 million of recovery travel stocks when the world is freaking out. I mean, don't you think the next two to three days that we have a greater probability than not of the data getting worse, not better? Yeah, we've seen three down days in a row after 50 amazing days, right? So this was expected. This is healthy. This is what markets need. We were very reactionary and got out of these stocks because we want to see data for the next, I, what, maybe seven to 10 days. We want to, to have I, a little bit I more would, information. Yeah, but at least the next two to three to four through the weekend. You know what a thing, you know what I've been doing? I've been looking at uh, a Google Trends chart for the word COVID test, but not nationally and not even by state doing it for a county like Dallas County, and it's fascinating because you could actually see for Dallas County, we had two like raised days, and then yesterday was even bigger than the prior two days, and that was the worst day. Yesterday, it went up to like 300 you know, positives in Dallas. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that Google Trends chart because it's real-time data. You don't even have to wait for the evening report of how many positive tests came out in places like Dallas, Austin, Houston. You can check it throughout the day in real time. And I just need to get more visibility before I start leveraging myself in this market again, right? I feel with where I am right now with a mixture of technology stocks and defensive stocks relatively, um, I feel that I can, I'm gonna get hit pretty hard if the market keeps dropping. But I, I can get through it. I, I can I can live with it. Did you do a seven day on that day? Oh, it has to uh, be that, a seven that was day. that was actually a twelve month just to kind of see where oh, we, no. where we stood. Yeah. But I can put this at it, seven day. You have to get you have to do the seven day because you could see the daily spikes. So if you pull, is that Dallas County? Okay, That's, yeah, uh, Dallas Fort Worth. I, oh no, where are you filtering today, by Dallas County? That's not a that's not good. Do you see what's happening today on there? Oh yeah, we're at an all time high. In that, that's are, Dallas Fort Worth. Wow. Wow. That, and by the way, guys, the reason why we pulled Dallas County is Dallas is actually really representative of these cities that have kind of opened up. We were one of the first to, like, open up. We were behind Georgia, um, but I don't, I'm not really familiar with the cities in Georgia, which ones are most at. But Dallas County or D Dallas Fort Worth is super representative, Jordan, wouldn't you say, of yeah. like a city that completely opened up. Um, and if we do terrible, chances are most medium to big size cities that have opened up are going to do terrible, but they'll be a week behind us or two weeks behind yeah, us. Yeah, they right? say the problem is that we're – so we're opening up. Um, and if it were the, the spring when maybe everybody's outdoors, that might be better. But since everybody's going inside because there's air conditioning, it's all, almost 100 degrees in Dallas every day now that that's going to speed things up. Oh, so maybe we're a little worse than other places then. Maybe. Um, yeah. and but Jordan, maybe not. But then again, L.A. is pretty high right now, too. And, I mean, I'm sure the weather's awesome in L.A. Two things, the Jordan. Uh, your, awesome. your cheetah chair is a, is a big hit. We, we got yeah. $2 because you have a cool chair. And then, Chris, <laughs> I wanted to show you um, the this Dallas search for COVID test. Look at which neighborhood is at number one on the list. Oh no! It's That's a, our neighborhood. It's our neighborhood. No. But is that <laughs> so? Is that because people in our neighborhood are so neurotic about all this stuff? I think it's because that, uh, it, it, you and I probably accounted for a lot of the test 
results that are showing up on Google. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, think about Maybe. it. How big of the sample no, size no, do you think that big, really is? Uh, big, big, big. I, I, I can actually, I, I have, I have lived so deeply entrenched in G trends for the past fifteen years that I could actually tell. Just, I could detect just by the way the movement in the chart looks, how much data is inside of the chart. And I can tell you that that chart is a healthy chart with, with scalable data that you can, you can trust versus you know, some of the other G-Trend charts where the, you know, the movements are, are, are kind of more slanted, right? They don't have the granularity in them. Yeah. So you know, w- that's a lot of data there. That, 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 can be, that data can be trusted. Um, I feel like I need to sh- maybe put a market hedge on right now by the looks of that data. <laughs> Testing near me data. today no. is up 700% in our neighborhood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, by the way, so I have, you know, our buddy Jerry, I don't know if Jerry's watching, you know, he told us uh, he had someone in his world uh, he found out about who was a student, a young kid got got. Uh, it tested positive. I've heard things about places all around the community in the last 24 hours that are bad. So I'm I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous about this. Uh, would you guys consider putting a full-on market hedge, or do you think we should just stick with shorting the big travel names that are going to get hit the worst here? I think probably shorting the travel names, or yeah, I think so too. Some sort of we got to be smart. I mean, even a consumer discretionary ETF or yeah. something, you know, one of those uh, spider indexes. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Look, Booking.com's down 120 bucks today. Uh, I kind of agree. I need to think about this. Uh, but we have some names we talked about shorting. Dave & Buster's was obviously one of them. I already pulled, That was the first one I was going to pull the trigger on. Um, but there will be others, too, if... And I might do a couple more before the day is out. So, so when you do make uh, a trade, keep us all up to date, and I will, I will do the same <laughs> because uh, uh, I want to know what I, you're doing. I have another totally random trade I want to talk about. Uh, Ecolabs. We've talked about this before. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, the best – uh, restaurant GM in the world, uh, Mike, uh, a GM at Chelsea Corner, who's watching this. Maybe, m- maybe not. He's pretty busy. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I've talked to him all the time about Ecolab, and he's always trying to get intel on Ecolab for me from other people in the industry. And Ecolab supplies all the chemicals and all that stuff to restaurants to be able to clean. Uh, and they also supply all the chemicals and all the cleansing materials to hospitals. They are so backed up at Ecolab still that we can't even get anything from them still. And we're really? we're in June. In June. Wow. And we still can't the only you don't want to know the only thing we can get from Ecolab right now is they have pivoted, not pivoted, they have added to their to their uh, product mix thermometer smart thermometers, face mask, all the stuff that a restaurant needs to do business. They have added that to their normal stuff. And so we can buy that stuff from them, and we are, like, large quantities of it, right? Gloves, face masks, all stuff. And so they're selling out everything that they used to make, all the chemicals and all the cleansers, plus they have a new line of merchandise that they're selling now, right? That they're selling all that stuff, it sounds like, out as well. So now Eagle Lab is trading at, like, really high. People are somewhat aware that they're benefiting. I'm assuming they had an earnings report at some point in the recent history and said, we're killing it. We're murdering it. I don't care. 
Uh, they're doing so ridiculously well, and I don't see it slowing down. I'm I, as soon as I got that hint of a second wave, I bought me some Ecolab today. Just not a crazy amount, but I do want to have some exposure to Ecolab. So that's it. Well, you didn't do too well today, it looks like, but it's it's dropping. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I bought a a small amount, but I remember I bought it just before the show started. Yeah. So okay, yeah. it, how's it done in the last hour? Uh, not good. Hour and a half. Not well. It's at its all time low. Okay. Not all time, but like it's at its daily low. low. Yeah. We're at, we're at <laughs> our... <laughs> Um. Oh, by the way, fifty-two oh, week wait. looks pretty good. Um. Sorry, I actually. I'm looking at what I got it at. I lied. I did not get it yet. I thought I bought it. My order did not go through. But now I feel so bad, I'm going to buy some right now. So <laughs> I will buy some Ecolab. And you got to love the symbol, ECL, our old company. Oh, yeah. right? totally. So I'm going to buy at least 500 shares Ecolab right now. I never make an, a market order. I'm going to put a market order in. So I bought 100K of Ecolab. It's there. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, what do you else you guys got? I mean, t- are you uh, maybe going to short some stuff here? I'm. The I'm the day? So that that's going to be the rest of my day is is researching what to do next, right? Yeah. So so and, and by the way, it's less about which stocks are short. We already know what those are. It, it's our it's our second wave. Remember the second wave episode? We did an entire episode about what we were going to do. If a second wave were to start up here, right? And like we're, we're starting to get the very first signs of a second wave. By the way, guys, I still don't know if the second wave is going to be deep enough or long enough to matter. Um, but again, I won't know that for at least another three to four days, depending on if the data flattens out or keeps getting worse. I always said in Dallas, I did our equivalent. To, like New York, their, their worst number, the worst was 10,000 a day. That's how many positives they had a day. It was 10,000 a day. In Dallas, if you compare the population to New York, our numbers in Dallas, we'd have to hit 1,500 a day to be at the peak of New York, which would be – that's like crazy bad, right? That's like hospitals are overrun. People are freaking out. Nobody's – everybody's sheltering in place whether the government mandates it or not, right? Yeah. So right now we're at 300 a day up from 200 a day a week ago. So I'm comfortable at 300 a day. I'm not as comfortable at 600 a day. So if we start to climb from 300 to 4, 5, 600, would you agree we're starting to get a real problem on our hands? No, absolutely. So yeah, and, and that's kind yeah. of the, the metric that I'm looking for too. So the, the 300 was a 300 and the market sell-off was enough to say, let's take some profits, let's take some money off this crazy recovery play. And now let's watch for what to do and see when we're going to put our second wave play, you know, on. And for every, for anyone that's watching, if you want to, like, do what we do in Dallas, like, what I'm looking for is every day around 6 p.m. I think it's around 6 p.m. Central. Uh, they come out with a news report. And if you Google COVID Dallas and do a news search on Google, you'll see that report right when it comes out. I don't know if Dallas Morning News or there's a bunch of people report it. And it's exactly how many we had out today. What's really cool is they will tell you how many people died that day and the, the age of each person that died and if they had pre-existing conditions. Like, it's very detailed. 
Um, but that's the report I wait for every day because I do feel like we're kind of a representative early market and a signal for the rest of the country uh, for second wave data. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree, though, that if this thing gets worse over the next day or two, um, that we are going to see a massive media blitz this weekend, right? A massive media blitz talking about this. And yeah, I mean, it's already it's already front of the news, right? So they're they're on top of it, which is why we we're seeing this dip today. And I think that's kind of more uh, the the actual deterioration of the health situation is going to take time. I think that the deterioration of the news cycle is so quick that that's what we could see happen over the next, you know, two days. Imagine imagine whatever happens Friday, if if the market ends down another 1,400 points on the Dow, the whole weekend news cycle is going to be negative. You know, everything's terrible. Stay at home. All of that. If the if we have an up day. If we have a little uh, Friday short squeeze and things pop a little bit, the news cycle may just be a, a little more moderate or, you know, Texas is still a concern, but other states are not worried, you know, whatever. And don't you agree that what drives that story is the data right now? Like it's not a story that they, they're going to wait to see what these seven or eight or 10 cities, everyone's talking about LA, Dallas, Austin, you know, there's a whole Arizona, right? They have a big hotspot now. So that data comes out tonight and that will drive the news story. And that's what I love about this trade is you is a pretty clear uh, correlation, right? Between the data and the news cycle and stock prices, right? And so if you can get obsessive about the data like we are and stay on top of it and you just got to make your decision, like I'm going to make my decision of what I want to do like at, at like 30 minutes to an hour before the market closes, right? Yeah. And I'm just going to forge forward with that trade and that's going to be my trade. Um, but- we have several people asking us to talk about Spectrum Brands. That's one that we just um, got into on our last episode, I believe, on on Tuesday. Yeah. I was buying it during the show. Um, uh, so they were a four-quadrant company. <laughs> Remember? You know they have like four-quadrant movies where the movie appeals to like the four key demographics that they always talk about? Spectrum Brands was our four-quadrant trade. They, they had, what, small appliances for the home, including bread makers. It doesn't get any bigger than a bread maker manufacturer right now. Uh, they had uh, your uh, chem- your uh, bug spray, which is huge right now because everyone's spending so much time at home and they're camping, right? So they need the bug spray. They have the pets quadrant. You can't buy a pet if you wanted to right now. Pets are in higher demand than they've ever been. So these pet sales are through the roof and they have pet sales. So they're, they're killing it there. And the fourth quadrant is gardening, right? It's so like, to me, I'm, I didn't sell any of my Spectrum brands because they are a truly defensive play for this whole time that we're in. Plus, they're kind of like an outdoor. Like, I can't really go anywhere, but if I am going to go anywhere, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go camping. and I need to bring bug spray or I'm going to spend time in a garden and I need my Spectricide garden, garden bug stuff or whatever it is, right? So, like... Or I'm just going to do a lot of home cooking like Jordan does every night, right? And you're going to spend a little extra on pots and, and bread makers and stuff like that. So I, I still like them. I haven't sold any of my Spectrum brands here. Yeah, I like them too. I just I, bought them I, like a few days ago. We bought them on Tuesday. And 
Yeah. <laughs> they they hold down from our buy price, but uh, this might be a time yeah. to load up on more Spectrum fans. Chris, you, you live like a block away from me. Do your is is the mosquito problem just the worst you've ever had? Dave, I am going to save you when it comes to me. Yes, it is, but I am about to bring out the big guns. You remember when I did that experiment last year? That big fan thing? Uh, it is platinum. Okay, <laughs> platinum for getting rid of mosquitoes. Okay, you you have to buy the drum fan, the big drum fan from Home Depot. Big right? outdoor it air moving like, kind of fan. It's it's orange. It's like a big orange fan. Is it the round and one that's that's maybe this big? Not, it's not, just a big round cylinder, right? That sits on a little black. It's low to the floor. It's like sits an inch off the floor, right? Yeah. Uh, just your average drum fan. It costs like a hundred bucks, and it blows. I mean, it is so massive. Like the amount of suction that it creates, and then you buy a little screen for the back of it, like a little mesh. It's like a mesh screen for the back of it, and then you buy a uh, dozen of these magnets. That you just attach to the screen on top because it's magnetic. You can magnetize the screen to the top of the fan, you know, so it doesn't blow away. And then you take a little cup or dish of water uh, and you mix that. You, you, you boil sugar and water on your stove for like 15 minutes so that the sugar actually gets mixed into the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jordan, you know that is the molecules, how that all works, right? And it becomes part, part, part of the water, right? Uh, and you put it in, in, you put it behind the fan where the mesh screen is, yeah. and the fan is suck. So the mosquitoes will all come to that sweetness, and when they get even within a foot of the back of that fan, they get sucked to the back of it, yeah. and then they dehydrate, and and then you have a, a little bottle of 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 alcohol water basically 50% alcohol 50% water and every couple of days you go to the back of the screen you spray some alcohol you just make sure you extra dehydrate those mosquitoes but you don't even need to cuz they're stuck to the fan and they'll just be stuck there and they'll dry out on their own but you could just spray, spray it on and you will capture Dave 10,000 mosquitoes in a week like that's how many mosquitoes you capture so you will massively reduce your mosquito population in your home. Jordan, well, could you... I definitely need to do that. We, Dave, I haven't seen a for... single mosquito yet. FYI. Dave, could you do this for Hey There Dave here? You need to do a Hey I There should. Dave here. So uh, last summer, when I was doing the daily vlogging for the month of July, one of the things that I did was I bought one of those external mosquito things with a light that has a similar concept, but a much weaker fan, and, and it sucks, in, you know, attracts to the light and sucks them in, and same concept. It traps them in a little mesh screen thing. And that, that caught a lot, but I didn't notice enough of a, a decrease to make the backyard actually usable. So I was buying cutter and fogging and doing all that kind of stuff. But it, I don't know what's happened. Like, they got in the house somehow. Like, I had I had a mosquito buzz me in the middle of the night last night, and I had I caught it. It was the slow, dumb kind, and so I was able to catch it with my bare hands. But... Um, Dave. It's out of control right now. And they swarm around the doors because they want to they, they want in because they like the light or something at night. And it's just a nightmare. Dave, I research mosquito solutions like I research high conviction trades. I put, you know, <laughs> last year I probably put 60 hours of research into this and I came away with this is literally the only thing to do um, is this contraption. And by the way, I ha I know a guy in the neighborhood that released uh, some kind of insect into his yard. He bought them off the internet. It's like a little uh, praying mantis. Praying mantis. 
he bought a bag of praying mantises, released them in his front yard, and it takes them like a week to spawn hundreds or thousands of praying mantises in your front yard. And they supposedly will eat all your mosquitoes if you want to go the, you know, the, the total natural way. Because my way will get some other good bugs caught up in the back of that fan, which, yeah. you know, if, if you're going to be a, you know, a good steward of nature, the best way to do it would be to get the praying mantises and release them in your front yard. Yeah, or or can, uh, get bats because bats eat mosquitoes too, but not during COVID time. I'm not getting a bat. You can't do that. You can't do <laughs> I'm not that, getting a pet man. bat for sure. Uh, we, our, our, our knowledge of science is, you know, right about here. <laughs> uh, I want to I want to talk about something that's really important for people, uh, and I want to remind everyone that we're not, uh, you know, we're not financial advisors. Don't we're not telling you what to do with your portfolio. Your risk tolerance is different than ours, so definitely do not copy our trades, guys. Because I already I already put that on the screen when when we were talking about okay. something that that someone was asking specifically but, when I I mentioned uh, Spider ETF, which is basically. Um, it's, it's a company that does a bunch of ETFs that has baskets of ETFs based on different industries. And that's what I was saying is, is there a particular industry that, that might do worse instead of picking individual Marriott and Expedia and Delta to, to buy puts on, would there be an index that, that might kind of have a bunch of those together? But, but what I want to talk about is we had one of the, I had the worst day in the market that I've ever had in my entire life, almost by a factor of two, not quite, because that QSR trade last year was a 750 grand hit, and that was like twice as bad as the previous worst trade I've ever made in my life, right? So that's this happened today. You're watching 32 days of trading. Today is the worst day I've ever had in my life by a huge margin. And am I like depressed or like overwhelmed or like trying to overreact or like, just like, oh my gosh! I, what did I do? Like, I'm, I, like, I'm not like that, right? You're taking you this way want. better than than you took the QSR trade, which you well, were you were in a funk yes. for like a week and a half. But understand something that the what that means is that we are managing our risk appropriately for our own risk tolerance. Okay, because if something like this happens to you. And you are just like shook by it, like so shook by it that you don't even know how to handle it. That means that you didn't have the proper level of, of risk protection in your portfolio. You were extended beyond how you should have been extended. OK, um, I understand the trades that I'm in. I understand how they can go bad and the degree to which they can go bad at any moment in time, and I'm prepared to make adjustments over time. Now, it doesn't mean I'm happy about today. I wish I would have you know, gotten rid of these things yesterday or more of them yesterday, but I was prepared for this day. You remember this last episode? The last, literally yeah. two days ago, three days, two days ago? I said there's going to be a moment in time where we're going to get crushed, crushed with the way that we're seeing the market. But we understand that. We're prepared for that loss, Okay. This is really important, and it's something that I did not learn in my trading career for a very, very, very long time. It took me so many, so many years to learn that and to kind of have the risk to understand what I was doing, just to like transparent, to be honest with myself about the risk I was taking in the market, right? So while it might seem insane to some people how much risk I'm taking, right now in my world, I mean, I, I could have taken 4X the risk. You know how I normally trade sometimes. Normally, I would have like, 
60, 70% of my account in options. Okay. All right. Like I have, I've had virtually no options recently. I was on margin, like 50% margin, pretty close to it, like 40% margin. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you have to know what you're doing in terms of risk tolerance. I, I think it's important to say. It's a good quote from uh, our Discord. Yeah. Uh, if GAN doesn't work, my kids aren't going to college. That might be the boat that you're in. Yeah, yeah. It, no, listen. If GAN no, you're managing your risk in. appropriately. Yeah, I am totally prepared for GAN to get cut in half. And if GAN gets cut by 50% next week, I won't like it. But I'm okay with it. It's not going to destroy me. It's not going to keep me from sending my kids to college. It's not going to. It's not going to keep me from trading the way I want to trade. That's the most important thing. You want to be able to trade the way you need to trade, no matter what happens in your portfolio, right? Because if something happens and you got to turn off your methodology for a year, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. No, absolutely. So, yeah, and just checking anyway. my account when we signed on, um, my. Current equity investments were down 200-ish, and now it's only down 118. But overall, because I had to sell some things, overall I'm down 237, $237,000 for the day. Not a good day. Yeah, and I am down 1.26 million for the day right now. Uh, Jordan, are you even down six figures? Oh yeah. You are? Oh yeah, easily. Easily, I would. Um, I haven't looked, but just gauging, I would guess I'm down about where Dave is down. Um, maybe slightly better off because I didn't buy um, Live Nation. If I didn't make the <laughs> moves, guys, if I didn't make the moves that I made this morning, you realize that I'd be down like two and a half million right now. Yeah, probably 100%. I'd be down I, two and a half million. I do what I so, do and you know, overthink things. I built a little spreadsheet for myself so that I can track um, exactly how. The uh, the sale that I made in a bunch of these things, because I was getting out quickly, I wasn't able to get the best price all the time, but I just want to give myself some confidence that over the next 48 hours, I actually made the right choice because these things dropped down, may have recovered a little bit, but I think that, that the ones that I sold, I'm confident in selling. And uh, I'm going to see if I can pull that up. I just got rid of my trade desk too. That's one that I forgot to sell, um, but I'm out of my trade desk. Um, I can't believe that is Hertz still trading above a dollar with all this going on. Let's look. Uh, my Hertz. I want to tell everyone my Hertz calls that I bought. I bought a hundred Hertz June twelfth that expires tomorrow puts. I'm sorry, my puts puts at the five dollar strike price. Okay. I bought a hundred of them. Uh, my purchase price was a dollar fifty. They're currently trading at two eighty-seven right now. So I almost have doubled my money in Hertz. Not quite, but almost doubled my money in Hertz. That was a trade that I thought I was going to lose my money on because I just, I had to do it. But I was like, I know that I'll probably get screwed on this trade. You know, Hertz is going to keep going. And it did. Hertz went yeah. up and two bucks yeah. more after I did it. Yeah. My, well, the mine being out. up 20% is helping that too. I, um, I bought, um, you see where that orange line is on the chart? I bought on the uh, left side of that. And then it went up and my four-ish dollar price went all, almost up to six. I didn't sell it at exactly the right time. I was, um, I was selling some covered calls. 
and I had to unwind those in order to then sell the stock because I it was going down. So I'll, I'll have to do some complicated math to figure out how I actually did on the trade. But um, but I made money. And as I was unwinding that, I also bought puts on Hertz. And those are definitely uh, positive right now. I think I made maybe eight eight to $10,000 on that just since uh, about this time yesterday. Um, yeah, I just keep looking at my portfolio, making sure that I'm comfortable with everything that I'm in. And, uh, you know, everything, a lot of stuff is down. You know, oddly, my DocuSign is up today. <laughs> it's actually up. Uh, I have a couple things that are up. Uh, what's SWBI? Oh, is that uh, Smith & Wesson? Is that Smith & Wesson? Yeah, that's Smith. You just bought that today. Okay. Yeah, so that that that's up. Um, I mean, I, think I bought it when it was up, probably. Uh, no, it was down. I think it was down when I bought this morning, when it opened up early this morning. Uh, I'm staying in, you know what the one I'm staying in, guys? I'm staying in my liquor stocks. You know, like I'm staying in the two liquor stocks. What is it? Uh, Constellation and, and Diageo. Diageo is your tequila play and Constellation is your everything else play. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm just... I, oh, I forgot to mention that yesterday um, I, I saw Tesla hit a thousand and went up to like a thousand twenty-five or something crazy. Um, I sold some calls on Tesla, which worked out beautifully for me because uh, it is at nine ninety-three right now. I sold some nine seventy calls, so I'm actually uh, you know my Tesla stock will be taken away, but it's. Uh, it's it's gone down. So Tesla has gone down from the point it's it's crazy high over a thousand, and those expire like uh, tomorrow. All right, listen. Here's what we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna go because I am gonna start really digging into my second wave research. All right, in the next couple hours, I want to spend the next hour and a half. I'm gonna go downstairs, eat a bagel. Uh, start researching second wave research. Uh, for any of y'all that are on our Discord. I would please let's get that second wave channel in Discord active today, guys. Yeah, that's that's where now I'm going to be spending my time. Now is the time. Let's get that second wave, and not with junk. Let, let's really try to do some insightful research that we can really contribute uh, to the second wave research. I'll try to contribute as well. Uh, this is a lot is at stake here. A lot is at stake. Uh, I said this. How many times have I said in the last few months? This is a generational opportunity to create wealth. Um, it doesn't come around very often. Uh, if we get a sharp second wave, that will have massive repercussions in the market. Maybe not as big as the first time around. I don't think the market's going to go down 30 or 40 percent. Uh, but it could go down 5 to 18 percent or 20 percent. That's certainly possible. Okay. Now, if there is no second wave or if the second wave flattens out and maybe just kind of burns out and it, we, we're over it in a few weeks, that is going to have a major impact on the market. Okay. And that's going to be an opportunity to rush for me, not you, but for me to rush back in to a lot of these kind of second, a lot of these that we call them vaccine stocks, right? These bounce back stocks. And by the way, here's what's worrying me. I'm now out of these things, right? Because I'm worried about the stupid second wave. What if we get good vaccine news this weekend? That Because it it's about time. Definitely. We should be getting it any day now from yes. that Oxford study. Any day now we should get it. So I need to also spend some time seeing if there's rumors that are coming out in that Oxford study. Uh, that could send the market way back up, okay? So hopefully, 
I'll get clarity on second wave before <laughs> the vaccine stuff starts to come out. So I want to trade those two things separately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, before we sign off, we we will have a show on Monday. Was there an earnings call that we wanted to also do a live reaction to? Yes. I think tomorrow. I can't remember what the stock was. Was it tomorrow? Oh, was that Party City? Was it Party City? Was it Peloton? I, I, oh, I thought we were going to do GAN next week. No, GAN next week is what we're talking yeah. about doing. So, okay, I yeah, thought there was I, one I tomorrow. I more this week. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Dave, I am so worn out. I haven't been sleeping. I'm just researching all day, all night. And then the show, it's like I, I need a couple – I need to start my deep dive. Let's go all in on research now for the next few days. Um, but – we have GAN next week. That We have to do a live earnings call for GAN. That's going to happen. Will. Do we know what day that yep. earnings is? I don't know off the top of my hand, but I'm almost positive it's next week sometime. Maybe the 18th or something like that. Uh, that's going to be an exciting <laughs> Dumb Money Live earnings call. That's going to be super cool. I can't wait for it. Uh, and by the way, if GAN continues dropping here, I might buy some more. more. I might buy some more hmm. today, tomorrow. It's possible. I might buy some more. Um, so we'll see. Well, Gans has right, updated their uh, website since May, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> but um, that is going to do it for us. We are uh, we're exhausted. We need to go do some research. If you like what we do, smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Be sure you subscribe. Hit the bell for uh, notifications when we do this. We do it twice a week. Mondays, Thursdays, sometimes bonus episodes when we have news or whatever. Uh, subscribe to this channel with the bells. Subscribe to my other channel. Hey there, Dave here. Listen to our podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google. We're on all of them. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. The at names are in the description of this very video. You can join our Discord server by going to dumbmoneytv.com dumbmoney.tv slash discord. Keep the conversation going there. Keep comments coming on this video once it's an archive. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Dave Hansen for Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money and we will see you on Monday.